everybody, welcome to what? the Macaw Podcast Universe. Yes, and uh, I'm Jordan. I'm Micah, and Ma- and we're, our last name is Macaw. In case you didn't know that, if you didn't look at what podcast you're listening to, well, yeah, but maybe they see Macaw and they're like, I don't know what that is. You know it's, what I mean? That's possible. Is this a is this a podcast about the universe of parrots? No. What is it about, Jordan? It is a podcast that exists to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And we are going back to our very first series because last Friday, a movie called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 came out. And we we bring you continued Marvel coverage. We're dedicated to that. And uh, it's been a maybe a little bit of a rough time for Marvel. Maybe it is, has. Has that changed? Mm, listen to the episode. Now, as as is the case with theater, I'm just going to say it up top to remind you, with theater movies, we are going to keep it spoiler-free until the spoiler alert section of the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we want to do this? You and I, I think, are both very excited to talk about this movie. What did you think? We can talk about that. We can, we can talk about that. What I thought... Um, to put it mildly, is it was 10 out of 10 perfect masterpiece. <laughs> That's very mild. <laughs> I guess extreme would have been you shouting that. Uh-huh, yeah. I I was fully in all of it, and I have a lot of praise that even for the Guardians movies, I felt like maybe was more unique than it even needed to be Uh-huh. in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Um, I, I am not at all ready to decide whether this is better or worse than volume two, because mm-hmm. that's my favorite. Um, but I mean, it's it's not easy. It's not like it's it's not like I'm like, oh yeah, definitely, or oh, it's definitely not. Yeah, this for me could be a potential Lord of the Rings situation where someone asks, "What's your favorite Lord of the Rings movie?" and the answer is all, all of, of them. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So what, what? I mean, what did you think right off? To the put bat? it mildly, I'd probably say it's a ten out of ten masterpiece. Um, great job, awesome show, great job. Um, it just it was a different Marvel movie. It's unlike one we've ever had before. Uh-huh. Um, I love that it's this just wonderful harmonious trilogy that I think anyone can just dive into, Marvel fan or not. Of course, there's tiny tidbits that you would need to know about. There's some tidbits, to not be yeah. confused, but overall, it is the most just self-contained, best looking. Yeah. Most fun and most heartfelt out of all of this MCU stuff. I wouldn't say most fun. Not this movie. What's most fun? Most fun is probably Guardians 1. No, I'm saying the Guardians of the Galaxy, period. Like, like like looking at MCU, they're the most fun. Okay, yes, 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 yes. So, um... Let's just, uh, man, it's it's tough. It's tough to talk about this because this was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was, I know part of part of I think how I think about this podcast is is I want I want in some ways to show people who are maybe love Marvel movies and and superhero movies that there's other types of movies that are also cool. You know, like Hitchcock's and and the Before trilogy and stuff like that, and talk about other movies that we would maybe call like films more sure, than okay. more than movies. But I also I get tired of people who, you know, automatically are like, "Oh, it's a superhero movie, therefore it's not a capital F film." Mm-hmm. And this movie like transcends that. This is one of the great movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I'm putting it up there mm-hmm. with all the rest. Like I truly was blown away by this thing. 
Um, I cried a lot, mm-hmm. a, like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is definitely it's below Jojo Rabbit and it's below Ponyo in terms of tears shed. Yeah, but it's probably number three as far as like it hit me to my core mm-hmm. and and there were tears of both sadness and joy. Well, and I, I won't get into spoilers yet, yes, but like please don't. prior to seeing this movie because of trailers, you and I, all I can speak for myself too, were I just was, I was so nervous for this movie, not nervous about if it was going to be good or not, but the content of what was to happen. I was so it was nervous. like, what are the ramifications? So I was so be? nervous going into it and the whole time watching it, like, I, I, so that's why I'm looking forward to watching it again, yeah. knowing what I know. And I don't even think this is all a bad thing. It's not a criticism at all. It's it's like I care. Th- like this is how much I care yeah, about yeah. these characters that the movie's going. Jokes are happening because this is a very funny series. Yeah. But, but sometimes I'm like, I can't. I feel I don't feel comfortable laughing yet. Like, it, but yeah. it, but is this thing OK? Right. You know, right. I, I found myself that that I intellectually knew that the movie was funny mm-hmm. but i did not find uh many opportunities to laugh because i was so worried about the characters mm-hmm. and what was going to happen to them and and the scenes would cut so quickly that i was really nervous uh-huh. so um but yeah i think i think our anticipation all all time high like like this i mean to put it into perspective of course spider-man is my favorite superhero all time, he always will be. Read all of Amazing Spider-Man. Love him so much. And I love most all of the movies. And I, I love the Tom Holland movies. And I like No Way Home and all that stuff. But You like the Andrew Garfield movie? I, I do kind of like them. Okay. But they're not good. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, it's it's that, That's how much I like Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know? I get that. But the Guardians of the Galaxy... Uh, see our previous episodes on Guardians of the Galaxy. Just scroll back or get our audiobook from Blackstone Audio. Um, and you can see... Get our audiobook anywhere you get po- get audiobooks. Oh, that's right. Anywhere you get them. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, whatever. Downpour, whatever. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, but Guardians quickly took my heart in the, in the series of, of the cinematic universe where mm-hmm. it was like, though I love Spider-Man the most as a character... I like the Guardians movies more than the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not including the Sam Raimi movies. Okay, that's that was going to be my question. Yeah, because um, that would be those hold a they're they're a tier special that the Guardians are also up there in their own tier special. Yeah, because I mean I still contend that Spider-Man Two is 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 arguably the best live action superhero movie potentially. It's it's at least up there. Uh, but I would maybe put this one up there too, and Endgame is up there as well for me. There's a, there's a lot to there, there's a lot of actually very good movies because I'm now I'm remembering The Dark Knight and all that. But although, do you remember? Sorry, a best Spider-Man movie is still Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, but go ahead. Do you remember being in high school when MCU was probably in its second phase? By that time, no, not yet. So still in its first phase. Yeah. But me- do you remember like when they announced their plan? And they released like a schedule, and like I just remember thinking like, how can they do this? Yeah, like sure, how is yeah. it? How do they have enough foresight? Yeah, to like even attempt to try and do this. And now we're just living in a world of like I don't even think about like how can they do it anymore. They just do it. Right, right. It's just because it was so. Well, it was new no one time. had really done that. Yeah, and then it became almost like the mandate where like any movie that was a blockbuster that came out, they had to have like a ten. 
film plan, which hurt this one most, worked. Yeah, yeah, hurt most franchises. Um, but yeah, so so these have taken my hearts. They're my favorite of the MCU. And particularly, Rocket is my favorite character in the MCU. Same. Pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, with, with Guardians 2, that really cemented it. Yeah, same. It. And um, he is the main character of this movie. Um, again, we're not going to spoil anything yet. Um, but I will, I will say, very mild spoiler, because it's in the trailer, mm-hmm. that, that this movie was positioned and marketed like, it's time for the Guardians to take one last ride. And James Gunn was very much like, I am making this movie, and then I'm done. Now, mm-hmm. part of that is because he now works at DC, and this is, like, the last movie he can, like, make for Disney mm-hmm. uh, with his current contract mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's going to be very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but even before that, he had, like, after two, I think he even said, like, I, I want to make one more to finish their story. Mm-hmm. So we knew it was an ending we of didn't sorts. Even think, we, didn't even, we weren't even sure we were going to get three. Because uh, yeah. of stuff that had happened between Which, two and three. Yeah, we and we are going to revisit that as well. So there was just a lot of anticipation riding on this movie for for me personally. Yeah, this definitely, like, I don't know. I So I liked um, The Suicide Squad. That was a fun, that's the yeah. right one, right? Yep, and we did an episode on that, so you can check yeah. that out. That, that was a fun movie. Um it, it was, like, another reminder of, like, James Gunn just, like, knows the sor- source material. Yeah. Um, but then the Peacemaker show came out, and we watched some some of it. And it's, like, m- more than anything, I just was, like, okay, this isn't for me. Yeah, like, it just I, wasn't I, I totally clicking for I, me. I didn't care for it so much. Um, Although, right when this movie ended, I was, like, I should probably just watch it just to make sure. Because I'm probably <laughs> missing out. don't have out. to wait for me to watch no, that. No, yeah, I know. Um, but, yeah, that, that was not my favorite. And then... Him doing DC now, like he's so focused on that. I think there was a sliver of me that was like, I do hope he can like round out the series, this Guardian series. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah, because there was there was something I feel like I felt it in the last week before it came out where I thought, what if this man has been so busy that he's just spread too thin and he he can't have devoted his, that much time to this movie yeah. and he didn't give it his all and he's too busy trying to promote DC. And trying to set up Superman and do all of this other stuff. And it was pretty clear about 10 minutes into the movie. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, James Gunn is full bore. He is doing it. He is Which not letting us down. I like to think down. that he he knew the three movies he wanted to make the whole time. That's just how it feels. It just feels. Well, we're going to get into oh, okay, that. I have cool. that information. It just so. feels like he's always known, like, I want to do this run, this run, and this run. Or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, well, actually, I can tell you right away that. He wrote a draft of the... No, no, no. I'll wait, actually, because I have to explain all of the tweet stuff and all okay. that stuff. But um, now, also, before we dive into it, I want to talk a little bit about the superhero. We, we've been talking about this in our Ant-Man episode and our Shazam episode, but this year has definitely been a turning point in superhero movies um, because Ant-Man opens the biggest of the Ant-Man movies, but it plummets and... People don't like that movie, you and I included in that. Potent- I mean, that the one's, movie is garbage. It's very, very bad. Um, and so, you know, people are kind of not digging that. And, and a lot of people, not you and I, but a lot of people have complained that it felt like Marvel was just kind of like treading water the past couple of years, like pandemic on, Black Widow on. 
Um, yeah. It didn't feel like it was building to anything. And then now they're like, hey, phase five begins with Ant-Man. We're building to something. And it starts with that. And you're like, uh, can I not watch phase five? I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. And then this movie comes out, or then Shazam comes out. That's a good movie. Well, but that's not Marvel. No, I know, but oh, okay. th- th- that's a good movie, but people were not interested in seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this movie comes out. Um, we'll talk more about the box office, but I-, I think just in terms of their artistic plans, it's it's unfortunate that things went down the way they did because this, to me, felt like, oh, this is the end of like all of the the phase one and phase two characters like yeah the couple yeah. this with spider-man well that's why i uh okay so phase four what did, ended with black panther mm-hmm. yeah so what as watching as we were watching this movie i did feel that this should have been in the last phase yeah like it doesn't really make sense why it would be in this phase yeah because the last phase was so character like what how did end game affect these big characters that we all know and love or yes. what are and they saying doing beyond to it? a lot of them saying goodbye. Um, so, but then, but then we were talking like it probably had a lot to do with the, the legality of James Gunn yeah, so and, and the schedule, like how that affected scheduling and stuff. Fortunately, they did not, after firing James Gunn, they did not push this movie forward right away to meet its original deadline. Cause I think it was going to come out in 2020. Wow. Um, wow. Which would have made a lot more sense uh, as far as like the way they set up the phases. Cause this really does. Uh-huh. I mean, it's really like Ant-Man we're setting up something new and it does feel like that, even though it's a poor job. And then this movie's like, Oh, this is like classic Marvel <laughs> almost is how it feels. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, I just think it kind of primed people to maybe be a little confused about what's going on with Marvel. Mm-hmm. The people who aren't maybe uh, recording two hour episodes on Marvel might be a little like, Oh wait, guardians three. Wait, what's happening. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, should we talk about the making of the movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. The movie is directed and written by Sir James Gunn. <laughs> oh wow. He's yeah. a sir now. Yes. Uh, the cinematography is by Henry Brom who did guardians Two. Uh, you did good, Henry. You mm-hmm. did really good. The music is by John Murphy, who we talked about in our Patreon episode, Kick-Ass. Okay. He did the music of Kick-Ass. He also did Michael Mann's Miami Vice, and he did do The Suicide Squad. So we've talked okay. about him before. Uh, this movie had a $250 million budget. Makes sense. I mean, a lot of actors. They've all been in a lot of these movies. You got to pay them big bucks. Um but I've I hardly ever see this fact, but I gotta find out that it was a one hundred million dollar budget to promote this movie. Interesting. Um, and so you know the box office, it opened okay. It opened below the second movie, so that's not like the best. And I think this speaks to maybe like the confusion a little bit. Um, but it's not a bad opening. But it's not. It's not, it's just not the best. Okay. I, I think it, I think it truly, I, I, you know, some people are, are doomsdaying about Marvel. superheroes and all of that stuff. I, I think David Sims on Twitter said it best where he's like, it just kind of means that people also want to watch other movies now. It doesn't oh. mean that there's no room on the table for superheroes anymore. Yeah. It just means that people want to see other stuff. And the box office this year has definitely shown that. Okay. People are like, 
Cocaine Bear? Yeah, let's go see that. Megan? Yeah. Like, th- these movies have become, like, really big hits. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Air was even a pretty decent hit. Really? And, yeah, so, you know, it's like, oh, there's room on the table again for, like, a variety and not just action blockbuster superhero cape. Okay. Um, so I, How I, is this movie doing critically? Critically, it's, like, A+, plus, basically. Okay. Everyone is like, this movie's incredible. Uh, critics and fans alike are loving it. Okay. Um, and so I, I would hope and think that the, um, the box office drop for next weekend won't be that big. I would hope. Okay. Um, cause usually the, the Marvel movies drop a good, like in the sixties to seventies. That's a lot. Um, yeah. And that's become pretty standard, but, but a lot of it is like, you have to go to these movies the first weekend so that they're not spoiled. Yep. And this movie, though a lot can be spoiled, it's not like, oh, and Doctor Strange showed up in his special costume. It's not that kind of no. movie where it's like, oh, you have to get there and see that they, Tom Cruise actually came in as an alternate Iron Man. Or, mm-hmm. It's none of that. Mm-hmm. It's just a good movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would hope and think that like the second weekend will be a lot more, uh, that there'll be more people than the usual Marvel. Um, okay, so here is the timeline. In 2017, which would be the year before Guardians 2 comes out, Gunn ha- is announced to write and direct, and he's going to work on this movie after Infinity War, which came out in 2018. So pretty pretty right after his movie and Infinity War, he's going to get going to work. Then in September 2020... Did uh, he work on Infinity War? Well, he consulted to make sure they didn't oh, mess so up his characters. Oh, so he would be characters. working on it. Okay. Yeah. Um... And and it was gonna come out. There, there's a rumor that it would be out in September 2020. And he said at the time of, uh, or no, no, in, in September 2020, he said the movie will be out in a little under three years. Um, and it this this note doesn't make sense. I didn't write this note correctly. Forget what I said. It was rumored to come out May 1st, 2020. Okay. Okay. Final answer. Um, but. On July 20th, 2018, Disney fired James Gunn um, because of old tweets that were bad jokes that he had, I think, already owned up to years ago. Really? I think. I don't think um, I knew that. Maybe maybe he didn't, but when they were brought up, he was like, you know what? I used to, when I was younger, I was trying to kind of make a career out of being, you know, um, controversial mm-hmm. in some ways. And he's like, that doesn't represent who I am. It was a decade ago, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry. And and you know, he never really like attacked Disney. He never did any of that stuff. He was just like, you know what? I get it. I shouldn't have said those things. Yeah, I've I've changed, and people should be allowed to change. But you know what? I get it. The hilarious thing is, even on uh, Wikipedia, it points out that it's like uh, neo, like something conservative, right wing. Twitter people and it's just funny because conservatives typically talk about like freedom of speech yeah and yet like I and of course there's some conservatives who wouldn't do this but it's just hilarious that like that group specifically found James Gunn and like got him in trouble for free speech in a way Mm -hmm. anyway so but then that July 30th the cast of Guardians Pratt Saldana Batista Cooper Diesel Sean Gunn Clementif Rooker and Karen Gillum Gillen all made a statement that says we fully support James Gunn. We were all shook, shocked by his abrupt firing last week and have intentionally waited these 10 days to respond in order to think, pray, listen, and discuss. 
In that time, we've been encouraged by the outpouring of support from fans and members of the media who wish to see James reinstated as director of Volume 3, as well as discouraged by those so easily duped into believing the many outlandish conspiracy theories surrounding him. And then in August, Batista says, I will fulfill my contract because I am required to do so, but if they don't use James Gunn's script for the movie, I will not fulfill my contract. Yeah, I remember that. Um, oh, I guess I didn't know that it was that specific. Yeah, I thought he just said he was going to leave if yeah. they didn't get him back. But I think he's like, they would have legal recourse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but he's like, if they don't use the script, I'm Basically, not like, it. if they don't fulfill the contract, the one that I signed, that, you know, maybe use language that this is the writer of the yeah. script and stuff, then I'm, I'm getting out of it. Yeah, so another reason to love Dave Batista. <laughs> uh, he just keeps racking up the points. Uh, so then the production gets postponed. Marvel's trying to figure out what to do. And now, at this point, a little bit later, Batista is actually like, I'm not sure I'm even going to be in it. I might just leave wow. and break breach contract. But by mid-October 2018, um, uh, James Gunn has his exit s- settlement because uh, they do have to settle this stuff because he had a contract. Sure. So he gets a payout and everything. Um, and he is signed on to make Suicide Squad. So at this point, it's like, oh, no. I remember, like, I was like, he's going to get hired back. He's going to get hired back. And then I saw that, and I'm like, no. I remember the day that they announced, that DC announced that he would do the Suicide Squad. It's like, oh, my gosh, he went to the dark side. Yeah. But then the day after he joins the Suicide Squad, he's notified that he can direct Volume 3. Wow. Um, And they pushed the production to February 2021 so that he can work on it. And then in 2019, pub publicly they announce he announces that he's been hired back so there's a little bit of time there where it was a secret for like three months um and then uh then he's back and and i'm just so so thankful that they were they waited for him because Mm -hmm. he could have started earlier but now he has another movie he signed on to do and they're like okay you can finish production which that movie came out in august of 2020 uh has it been that long or, or no maybe august 2021 no what year is it 2023 yeah so it came out august 2021 wow. so um they they had to let him finish his duties on that before he could start on mm-hmm. guardians three and i'm just so glad they waited mm-hmm. um but one thing is he never ha- planned to have thor in his movie really uh because at the end of endgame thor goes away with them yes but then we did get the thor movie yeah but I, I think that explains why there's only about five minutes of Guardians in Thor 4. And what... Oh, they... Be, but they, like, want to get rid of him, right? Like, he's annoying. Yeah. But it was a little, like... I think at the time, it was just fun to see Guardians yeah. and Thor. But, but in terms of, like, how we, he got there, it's like, oh, I thought he was going to stick around for a while. Yeah, and and I think, in, in my mind, that's that's actually one of the issues with a shared universe, is, like, they end Endgame on a great ending where they're off together... And it's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be hilarious. We have all these expectations. Yeah, what kind of movie are we going to get? And then Thor 4, they're like, yeah, so we really just got to get the Guardians out of here. How can we write them out as quickly as possible so that we can do Thor's story? Uh, Which is nice because now they don't have to worry about it in Guardians 3. Yeah. But that is one of the rubs of doing Mm -hmm. a shared universe. Um, But yeah, so as far as I could tell, besides a couple of like specific things... Like, the script and story is basically what he wanted to do back in 2018. Wow. Um, 
originally like the the villain was a different villain doing the same type of stuff. Okay. You know, there's certain things like that where it's like, okay, those are big changes, but like the basic story that was told is basically the same story. You know, it it have Adam Warlock, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um that's pretty cool. Uh they they begin filming the movie November 8th, 2021. Um, and then they shoot the special, mm-hmm. the Christmas special, after they shoot this movie. Oh, okay. Which makes sense because that set is so featured. Yes. So they're able to use it for both mm-hmm. things. And that's why the special looks more expensive than... Oh, yeah. You know, because they have a would movie have. set. Yeah. You know? That's nice. It's um, a cool set. And then Saldana said this is her last outing as Gamora. Yeah. Uh, she uh, And she says... Well, okay, this is a mild, mild spoiler, so skip 15 seconds if you don't want to hear it. But she wants them to recast Gamora so that they can continue making them. Oh, so she's just done. She's done, yeah. And then another very mild spoiler, uh, Dave Batista said this is his last outing mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then I, I found this thing. This is the first Marvel F-bomb in a movie. Mm-hmm. Legit F-bomb. And in Guardians 2, I remember Rocket says... You know, you know, what did Groot say? And Rocket says, he said, we're the guardians of the freaking galaxy. Only he didn't say gala- uh, freaking. And uh, I found an article where someone was interviewing Chris Pratt, and he spoke about it. And he said, I do drop the first F-bomb. Pratt told reporters at the film's premiere, take that, Samuel L. Jackson, which is funny. <laughs> uh, he said it was not scripted. Everyone's been trying to improv F-bombs for 10 years, and finally one made it in. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. He said, usually when you start dropping F-bombs in like an improv scenario, it's really your indicator to the filmmaker that you'd like to move on. And they actually yeah. put it in the film, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm really proud. <laughs> that's funny. Um, this movie... But I think James Gunn did suggest it, so it's like kind of improv, kind sure, of not. Sure, sure. Anyway. Um, maybe throughout the movie, it's like, okay, let's just do one more. Um, can you just throw the F-words in somewhere? Next scene. Like yeah. a completely different scene. Okay, let's just do one more. Um, uh, Karen, do you think you could just throw in the F-bomb somewhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> This uh, Groot sounded the most like Vin Diesel in this movie. He did. Okay, that so yeah. you thought that too. It was kind of. It was kind of. I, I want to watch the other ones to know to like remember. Well, I, I think um, you know, it's probably just like the they're trying to the age, show his age, sure. where it's like his voice is really clear at this point, and then when he gets older, it'll be even deeper. You know. So in this younger. movie, he's like he's like a big like buff. Yeah. Um. What age is he, and when does he get long, or or does he not, based on well, his different circumstances in life, in in this life? We, I mean, I remember when Guardians Two came out. Uh, James Gunn did do did mention that the Groot in it is an offshoot of Groot, but he's not like the same sentient yeah. being as the first Groot we had. So it's like a new Groot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would imagine like a tree. He can just grow any just different look shape. Different than the other one. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's so it's cool. cool when he got really big. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, um, and then now the last thing I want to say uh, is from my sister. Okay, uh, Rebecca McCaw. Uh, she she said this at the end of her four and a half star out of five review of this movie. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but just beware that if you don't cry, you are a heartless Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So um, now, who do we got on actors? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's something you got to do sometimes, Jordan. So 
the high evolutionary is played by Chukabudi Iwuji. Sorry in advance, or sorry post saying that name. I know I didn't say it correctly, um, but he plays the high evolutionary. He was incredible. He really was. He's in John Wick two apparently, and I don't remember. He's I don't a Coney. remember him in that. Um, he's also in His name is Coney. A Coney. A Coney. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's also in Designated Survivor, When They See Us, The Split. This, oh, he's in, so I guess he's in Peacemaker. I don't. That's right. Yeah, he's he's one of the, the I think he's like the guy who runs their team. That sounds familiar. Yeah. But I really don't think I've seen him very much, but I recognize him. I, I recognize him from Suicide Squad, yeah. Okay. Man. Or I mean, uh, uh, Peacemaker. Okay. He was incredible. He was he, so he was, freaking he good. was. Um, and wouldn't you love to be an actor who's friends with James Gunn? You're going to be in everything he does. Oh, I know. Um, and then Will Poulter plays Adam Warlock. Yeah. Um, he is also in... Craziest Eyebrows in Hollywood. <laughs> okay, sure. We're the, we're the Millers. He is English. I Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You looked that up. I, I looked it up and I forgot to tell you. He's in We're the Millers, The Maze Runner, Detroit, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. He plays Eustace. I don't. I did not okay. see that movie. Yeah, I didn't see. I that fell one off either. by then. Um, and a, a fair he's in Midsummer. In Midsummer. That good enough for you? <laughs> um, Nico Santos plays Recorder Thiel. That's the dude with the thing on his head. Um, yeah, Recorder Thiel. I get it. I know. <laughs> he's in Crazy Rich Asians, Superstore, Paul Blart Mall Cop, Superstore. Okay. Not that I watch that show, but I when you said that, I could see him in the um, commercials. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think he's like one of the main cast members. I think you're right. Um, and does a lot of voice acting and other things. Okay. Who else? Oh, Recorder Vim. That's the lady. Oh, yes. Miriam Shore. Um, she's also in Younger, Short Bus, Bedazzled, and a lot more. Those aren't real. <laughs> um okay so we've talked about Lin- linda cardellini uh-huh. because she's she plays hawkeye's wife we probably actually never got that deep into probably not linda yeah. cardellini plays lila yes the otter um she is such a wonderful actress and voice a- actor yeah um she if anyone's our age knows that that's velma from the live action Scooby Doo, first and foremost. Which I didn't realize until I read was reading about the casting that like James Gunn wanted to work with her again because oh, he worked on the Scooby Doo movies. I didn't think about which that we either. covered on Patreon, guys. She's also in um, regular show. Yep, and a lot of other wonderful. Wait, wait, which character is she in? She's the Cloud. I forget the her oh, name, right, right. but yeah, and she's she's one of the main people in the the other show that you like watching, um, the forest one i always forget what it's called gravity falls gravity falls yeah oh yeah and i can't i'm blanking on that character's name too um she's got it she's she's so wonderful she's wonderful um asim chaudry chaudry plays teefs the walrus oh yeah he is in um people just do nothing click and collect black mirror love pool um and so much more and then floor the bunny is played by oh Judy Greer was in this movie. Okay, sorry, Floor. <laughs> okay, is played by Michaela Hoover. Um, she's also in Love Hard, Happy Endings, 
ramble on, holiday, the suicide squad. I think she's, I, I feel like she might've been one of the, the first crew in the suicide squad sure. that died. I sure. think she is. Okay. Um, okay. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently Judy Greer plays war pig. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's very random. Very random. But love seeing Judy Greer. Yeah. One one of the most underutilized actors in Hollywood, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. She's just she's so unbelievable. She's so talented, and 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 this not this withstanding because this is like a fun thing to be in for fun. But she's always just like, like oh, let's put her in the first five minutes and the last five minutes, Mm -hmm. or like two minutes in the middle, or she's the bitchy friend. Yeah, and every time you're like, why isn't she in the whole movie? She's so good. Yeah, I just think she's so. She's so wonderful, and Arrested Development is the only thing I've seen where she actually gets to shine like completely. Hmm. And it it always bu- it kind of bums me out to see her and stuff because I'm always like they're they're not yeah you gotta use more. you gotta use Judy more yeah maybe I need to maybe there's a some you know indie drama I haven't seen that she stars oh in I'm that sure I, I'm that sure I need to see but oh she's also an Ant Man so yeah she's she shows she's like his ex wife and she oh she's his ex wife pops in every. Yeah. A couple of scenes, and you're like, "Oh, if only you were in this yeah, movie." Good example. Yeah. And then Sylvester Stallone's in this, but yeah, <laughs> he was in Guardians too. As well, well, yeah, he was. Um, yeah. So, should we get into spoiler territory? Should we talk about it? Yeah, we should. Okay. Okay, everybody, we're coming in for another ad about our audiobook, but we're going faster. We wanted to give you the first intro that last time, but now it's fast. The fact that you have to explain that this one's going to be faster is already <laughs> it's not already hurting the chances. Cast. But we're not slowing down. Okay. Shut it. Our podcast, the Macad Podcast Universe, is now going to be available as audiobooks starting on April 25th. Uh, several collections will be coming out that will include um, all of the Marvel phases that we have covered and more. And then we have more coming out on May 9th and then more coming out on June 6th. Um, and several of these collections will have exclusive bonus content that you can only get in the audiobooks. Yeah. And some of them also include the Patreon episodes that made sense to include as well. And so you can get these wherever you get your audiobooks. And you can go to the library and you can request that they get it. And that means you can get it on like Barnes and Noble. Apple, Google Play, Downpour, Digital, Physical, probably whatever. Hoopla, maybe. Yeah. It's all over the place. Check it out. We love you guys. Out. Spoiler alert. 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 So the movie begins. Right? Yeah. And uh, right off the bat, we see Rocket as a little baby. Mm-hmm. And a very, I mean, lest we forget that James Gunn definitely has some horror background mm-hmm. and some horror interest. Yeah. Um, this movie is gnarly. It's pretty the gnarly. The whole time. It is pushing the gore. Yeah, I was I was telling I was asking someone if they had seen it yet, and I knew they had kids, and uh, that's I was thinking about what kids would think, and and I was like I was like, oh, but you should I I just told him like you should definitely watch it before you show your kids the movie though, because it's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, but it you know what it felt kind of good to have like a a. A PG thirteen movie that wasn't like sat like watered down. 
Okay. But not not in an annoying way. Yeah. It, it just like I'm just glad that they let James Gunn do what he wanted to do with this and they weren't like it really feels like if you're 13 you can handle it. But maybe if you're 8 not so much. I know. Yeah, I was surprised because of the Disney element of Marvel. Right. And you were sitting next to a small child. Oh yeah. Okay, hold on. First of all, had a very cute theater experience. Yeah. Um we uh yeah, this kid, he couldn't have been older than five. Yeah. Comes in with a, probably a small popcorn, but to, in his hands, it was massive. Huge. yeah. And he came, he saw the movie with his dad, and he he was just so well-behaved and so... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He just hopped up in his seat and then put up the recliner by himself, and it's as if he took himself to the movie. And <laughs> at the very beginning of the movie he was doing this a lot, which was like, this could get a little annoying, uh-huh. but I don't know if you heard him, uh-uh. but like everything he was like, what is this? Oh, what no. is this? Oh, no. What is this? And then he stopped. He eventually stopped. I don't know. I don't know if the, if it was the dad or if he just stopped. I don't know. Well, and was the dad ever on his phone? Not that I, I mean, no, <sighs> I was locked into the movie, so I couldn't even tell. I no. To, to go to a movie where there's kids and the parents are not on their phones is just, Beautiful. Uh-huh. Uh, I I couldn't tell you the last time I saw that happen. I I didn't even think about that until right now. Well, because I kept seeing like a flash on my on the side, and then I looked over and it was the kid just adjusting the popcorn every once in a while. Oh, okay. And it was just like a reflection from the yeah. popcorn bag, and I was like, "This kid's good. The dad's good. Like we it, it guys, was pristine. We had a not a good theater experience, a great theater experience. Everybody was pretty locked into this movie. When the movie ended, people were clapping. Yeah. Uh, I didn't join in, but I think I was just too emotional. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I was just a little too distraught. Yeah. But when when they, like, when Star-Lord made it back yeah. and he was okay, like, someone was like, oh! <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, people really, really liked it. Um, rightfully so. Yeah. Um. But yeah, thank goodness we had a good theater experience, Jordan. Can you even believe it? Just of all movies, thank you that it was this one. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, it starts out and we see this little rocket. And he's in, a, he's in a cage with a bunch of other little raccoons. And right away, I start feeling my chest like tighten up. And I start feeling my eyes already start watering. I, I immediately get the urge to leave the theater, go home and hug my dog. Yeah. Cause if you don't know Gilmore, he has a raccoon tail. Yeah. Uh, so it very much reminded even beyond the fact that it's just an animal, you know? Yeah. Um, but holy cow. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think with, with the way that they did the previews and stuff, which is a classic Marvel thing, they always kind of do this thing. It really looked like, Rocket was going to die. And I kind of thought like it was almost so obvious from the trailers that, that maybe, and the way this movie's starting, it's like, maybe they just want us to know and it to not be a shock. So we can like mourn him. I know. Yeah. Um, gosh, I, I'm so relieved to say rocket does not die. Yeah. Um, there's something about rocket too. I mean, the character is just so good and so many, so many a myriad of ways. Yes. And and on a movie level though, I, I it took me until the second movie to find out that Bradley Cooper voiced him. I didn't okay. know that he did in the first movie. His voice he's just doing something. He really is doing something. I mean if once you find out you can kind of tell. 
Um, I I still I don't I have trouble hearing Bradley. Some, Cooper, sometimes ever. you can kind of tell, but there's just something that throw that aside though. Yeah, there, you have Bradley Cooper, but I, I know it's an animated character. It's just we we usually get really big actors to do voice anything. Yeah, but there's something about this character where you can't even tell. Yeah, who it is, uh-huh. and it, it just adds to like he is alive and he's real and he's yeah. I mean, we've seen him in Disneyland. He is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so, so before we get too deep into the movie, I want to issue a memorandum and this just represents me. So okay. on this podcast, we have discussed Chris Pratt ad nauseum. <laughs> be, be careful with what you say here. Uh, this <laughs> no, is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, uh, we, we've discussed how, you know, he started out as Andy from Parks and Rec and, and part of the s- fun and smartness of what. James Gunn did with him is he said, what if like a doofy guy thought that he was awesome, but he's actually not really, Mm -hmm. but he still gets the job done kind of barely. And that's why he works so well in these movies. Then he had this run of like action movies and stuff, including Jurassic world where it was just straight laced. I am an action star like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Wow. Way to bring up his father-in-law. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that took me a long time to get, but, but he doesn't have the charisma that those guys have in the way they have. No, 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 no. So it absolutely doesn't work. Uh, and I got to say, I was like, you know what? Pretty over Chris Pratt. Yeah. You know, he does good in the Avengers movies. He does fine in Thor. I mean, there's not really any time for anyone to do anything, uh, in that, but you know, it's like, okay, He's going to be in Mario and then he's got guardians and then maybe I can say goodbye to Chris Pratt. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's kind of how it felt. And so I, I, this is a long winded way of saying we went and saw Mario and I know we, we like, we like when voice actors get stuff, but it, it's always like if an actor is doing something, I'm into it. Now, when we'd seen the trailers for Mario, I, I think everyone had a lot of people had this experience. It's like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. You know, he should be like, Yahoo, woohoo, it's a me, you know, but it's kind of just sounds like Chris Pratt doing it. When I watched the movie, I absolutely changed my tune. And I know that we disagree on this, but I think he was actually great in Mario. And the fact that they had the, like, he was a New York uh, Italian and they play it up in the commercials. And then throughout the movie, he has less of an accent, but still kind of. I thought he actually did a great job. And then beyond that, I thought about, you know, like the the real actor who does Mario mm-hmm. in the video games. It's like, I don't think we'd get like the emotionality that Chris Pratt gave to the movie. That's how I feel about Mario. And maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but I absolutely like five minutes into the movie, I was kind of like, okay, you know what? I was wrong. Like, I'm okay. And then this movie's going and I'm like, you know, this is the this is the last time he's going to be used well, is what I'm thinking. And by the end, I'm like, he's a good actor. He I was mean, great in this movie. He is really great in this movie. And beyond that, in this movie, he's actually not... He is Star-Lord still, but it's not like, wink, wink, I actually kind of suck at this, but I'm going to play it strong and, and pretend. He actually is strong. He's actually doing a good job, and he's actually doing the plans well. So if someone can thread that needle like James Gunn, he can pull off a little more straight laced. Uh, so I'm that's that's curious, how I feel about him now. I'm curious if a big part of it was he wasn't carrying this movie. It was a true ensemble 
movie. Yeah. Which is Guardians is an ensemble. Right. Uh, but, you know, he's always been the central uh, person. Right. Um, well, it's always it's always been about Rocket, but. No, it has. But yeah. you know what I mean? It's like we're following Star-Lord's story. Right. Uh, especially with the second movie because it's about his dad. Right. Um, but, but but really it's about Rocket yeah, and Yondu. Know, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, he it's, I mean, they, they did a lot of Gamora stuff. He, uh-huh. he, there was a lot for his character to grow through, grow yeah. through and yeah. do. But it's like, in, in a way, it's like, I don't know if he had so much more to do than Mantis or Drax yeah. or Nebula. And I wonder how much that helped. Yeah. Like, sure. like it was the right call. For, it's the right call for the story. Yeah. Yeah. And he, as an actor, rose to the occasion. Yeah. I just, I'm, I am, I'll, I'll say I'm, I'm back on the train. He's doing a great job. Um, I'm not necessarily going to like only seek out Chris Pratt movies, but I'm, I'm, I think you'd be bored very quickly. I'm going to take him out of, of the, the actor jail I was putting him in, in my mind. Okay. Um, I, I'm curious to see what happens after this. Cause I don't think, I think he's, it's one note from here on out yeah for him could be not to say that I, I just would like him to do something other than be in um political not political but like uh military thrillers yeah i would like to see him move past that and graduate from it well it, it would be nice to see him do something beyond that and beyond blockbusters because yes. because i think at this point i think he is but i mean he's he's proved with Mario and this and and even Jurassic World to some degree like whether we like how he's used in all of those roles or not uh he's kind of proved that he is no one he's the reigning Chris he's the only one that has like box office hits outside of Marvel okay and he's kind of an A-list actor now yeah I mean I mean all these people are A-list but I mean no, like I know what you're he, saying. he's He's potentially on the cusp of like butts and seats kind of actor. Yeah, they've been trying for a long time for him. So they have, they have. It is interesting. It's especially interesting what'll happen after this movie. But well, I, I think it'd be fun. You know, I feel like he's tried so hard to become the action guy, but but maybe even even with Mario because you are goofier, and then back to Star Lord, it's like maybe he could be in like a Nancy Myers movie or like yeah. like some romantic comedies or yeah. stuff, stuff like that, and and do a little goofiness and extend his range a little bit that would be great he's been in romantic comedies before yeah but i think he's kind of like deleted those no i think he has but it's like acting repertoire now that you're who you are now see what you can bring to the table yeah so i'm i'm back and i was wrong about mario so that i wanted to just point that out uh you got to own up to your mistakes and don't you love to be wrong when it turns out to be more enjoyable I don't want to be the kind of person, you know, that's like, well, oh, you don't like Chris Pratt because it's popular not to like Chris Pratt. No, no, no. Uh, no. When you when you form an opinion like like, for example, The Flash this is a great example. I think The Flash looks terrible. I didn't see the new trailer because uh-huh. uh, I went to the bathroom. But I'm like, oh, man, there's no way this movie's good. But if it turns out being as great as everyone is saying it is, isn't that the best way to be wrong? Because then you just have like a good. Oh, piece of yeah, art, yeah, yeah. You know that? Well, that's kind of the problem with fan culture. Right. It's even when something turns out to be great, fans suck so much. The internet sucks so much that people won't allow it to be great. Right, right, right. There's still always going to be that camp of people that are like, yeah, but it's not good because of all of these these reasons. And it's right. like, you were <laughs> never going to like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, back to Guardians. So it shows this flashback of the high evolutionary coming in and grabbing Rocket with this big hand. 
scary. Pretty intense. Then we're at the, we're just at the like. We're nowhere. No, yeah, we're we're in nowhere, and we're getting reintroduced to all of our characters. Mm-hmm. Really cool set. Great set. Loved it. Cool that they got to repurpose it for the Christmas special. Yeah. That was fun to and find out. If anyone was curious, yeah, the Christmas special ruled. It's it was very awesome. fun. They got Kevin Bacon people. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we we go to Rocket. Yeah. Who's sitting on some steps. He's got the Zune. He's Zoom? playing Creep by Radiohead. Playing Creep by Radiohead and singing to it. But it's a cover, I think. Oh, is it? Or or it's it, a... Well, it's, it sounded like Tom, though. It, I think it's like a live version or... Because it's yeah, not the studio version. No, it's recording. not the studio version, but I'm pretty sure it was Tom. Yeah, I think you're right. We can look up the playlist on any streaming service now, and it'll show us what it is. And do it now, folks. <laughs> and see, that's what we said. Talk about a mood setter. Yeah. So we're getting into like... I'm a widow. 90s, 2000s. Yeah. Of, of a playlist. Um, well, two thousands gets introduced at the end of the movie. True, Remember? true, true, true. Two, yeah, go but ahead. Th- this it, this was a fun, you know, it's a Guardians movie, so we're gonna get a new playlist. Yeah, so that's like half of well, yeah, it's like half the fun of these movies. Um, the, the other two movies were much lighter and funkier and punkier. Yeah, and so going into this movie, it was very um, like alternative. It was very moody. moody. It was a moody score. It wasn't and it was, like I loved how different it was. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because that's yeah. They we, played that flaming lip song. Oh my! That gosh. was like oh my gosh! It was so. It was like couldn't have been a perfect song for this. Yes, yes. Um, which song was it though? Um, um the one. You have the most beautiful eyes. Yeah, some, something yeah. like that. Man, that's such a great album. Um, but yeah, so so the movie starts with that one thing. I mean, just because I think. You know, uh, uh, like Griffin says on his podcast, Blank Check, I have a broken brain. Uh, while this song is playing, I'm just like, okay, how are they going to handle the F word in this Radiohead song? And <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about it the what whole does he time. He goes, uh, uh, I'm a creep, I'm a widow, what the hell am I doing here? I don't belong here. Uh, it's just a one time F word. I think it's one or two. Oh, um, I just don't remember. Uh, I don't, I can't. That's I fine. Can't, like, Obviously, they didn't play it. Yeah, it's they not didn't. in the movie. Yeah, they had to save their f word. Yeah. Oh, oh, this was crazy. I'm sorry. I'm like talking about things other than Guardians, but in Creed three, this uh, and and this is like an unusual camp. I, I I can't think of any other movies. Would love if anyone thinks of it, but they do their f word, but it's in a song. Okay. Was it impactful? Well, it was just like he's like working out and stuff. Okay. And it's just a song, and it drops the F word. I think it dropped it twice. Okay. And I maybe just, in that context, you can. Maybe I just found it very interesting because I'm like, whoa, you have one F word in a PG-13, or potentially two. Maybe I'm misremembering. I think it's I think it's one, and I, but I think it's it depends on how it's used. Yeah, because I think it's like, yeah, there's there's a certain thing like if it's used in a sexual context, it like can't be used at all. Yeah, so, th- there's something about it. But I think. It was probably just the one time, but I was like flabbergasted watching the movie and I think it was cool, but I was just like, that's how you're going to use it is a, like a rap song hmm. that just has that in it. Interesting. Anyway. Um, so very unique use of the, the, the F word. So Drax and Mantis are up to their usual 
shenanigans. So this is their headquarters. This is Guardian's headquarters. Yeah. We, we are introdu- reintroduced to everybody, and everyone's kind of like playing their part and taking care of nowhere. Yeah. Because this is their home. Uh, but Rocket goes to Star-Lord, who is drunk, and yeah. you get the impression that he is just, is like, drinks himself into yeah, oblivion. Yeah, because like, again. Yeah, and it's because of Gamora. Yes. Um, a reminder that she died in Endgame yeah. for an Infinity Stone. Well, Thanos killed her for an Infinity Stone. Um, but the 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 version that we get now is a past Gamora. Yeah. And this is prior to her ever meeting Star-Lord or any of the Guardians besides Nebula. Yeah. Um, that's the only person she remembers. So he lost the love of his life. Yeah. And he's drinking himself into oblivion often. Yeah. He can't cope with it. Um, so Rocket gets Nebula to take him to bed. Yeah. Um, very, James Gunn is a really fun follow and he's been sharing a lot of behind the scenes of this movie, including like the animation, like test animation of the animals. Um, but there's a really cool video of, of, uh, showing nebula carrying chris pratt and it's a dummy that was created by by fx artists yeah and it even breathes but it only weighs 35 pounds and it's like you wouldn't have known well it was it was so crazy because when i saw that because you you sent it to me first of all you sent it before the movie was out and i I, would not have sent you something no no no, i know i know but but i was just like i was like oh i hope this isn't like the end of the movie you know and he's like dead or something like that and this was in the trailer uh, see, I didn't remember that. Oh, her uh, carrying him was in the trailer. Y- yeah. I, okay. I, I didn't remember that. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Uh, but, but so I was, when it happened this early, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. wasn't like spoiled. But yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, duh. I feel like I should have known this. Like, like yeah. they, they've probably been doing this for decades. Oh yeah, in, probably. In but you just don't really think about it. Yeah. Cause, cause there's so many times when characters have to carry someone. And if you, it, unless you are, you know, a huge bodybuilder, you're probably going to have to do like three, four, five takes. And you can't necessarily carry a 200 pound man five takes in a row. But it's interesting <laughs> to know? think that the work that went into creating the dummy, and yeah. the, like, I wonder how much that cost. Yeah. And that stuff's always fun. It yeah, reminded me true. of um, when we were at Warner Brothers uh-huh. touring it and that one floor was all Harry Potter. Yeah, and up there and on that floor was um, Hermione from Chamber of Secrets when she was petrified. Yeah, and it's like I, I think that even then I was like I didn't like clock that they would have made this. I never right. I never thought right. it was Emma Watson, but um, it was the dummy of her being yeah. frozen exactly how she's frozen in the movie. Duh, it, it's just so like, movie magic. Oh, it's yeah. fun, and it's so much fun. Like I. I Again, one of the things that we've we've always praised about Gunn in his movies, but he he we're talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy. This is galactic stuff, tons of special effects. There are characters that are CGI characters, mm-hmm. period. But he finds all the, the everything that he can make practical, he makes practical. Mm-hmm. So they feel it feels much more real than, yeah. than actually most all of the I mean, this movie looks more real than any of the Spider-Man movies, for yes, example. Yes, yes. And something that he's that he's doing, which is a Star Wars thing, which is just genius, when yeah. I, from the first Star Wars movie, is it's it's lived in worlds. Yep. So you yep. get you get to add so much detail to yeah. it, and it makes it more visually stunning. Yeah. And you know what? He, he also did a good job 
in all of the movies um of of also invoking i mean no one can beat that that first time we went to the Moss Eisley Katina in Star Wars and you see all those aliens mm-hmm. that can never be beat mm-hmm. but he does a good job and i know it's based on pre-existing material and stuff but it just feels like every every person and everything has a thing and yep. a story yep and has like when they have something on them, it feels like oh that is something that does something. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it's all just oh whatever was left in the wardrobe department we no. threw on all these people. No, it's so so much time was spent. Yeah, so we're back with our characters, and then pretty quickly Adam Warlock attacks them. Right? Yeah. Um, I was n- uh, a little nervous because I didn't know what the story was about. Yeah. And I wasn't sure because I remember at the end of Guardians Two, the one of the post credit scenes yeah. is awakening Adam Warlock. Right. Um. So we obviously get him in this movie. I've seen Will Porter and Poulter, we, oh, right? Poulter. Yeah. And we're the Millers that I was watching while my mom was getting a tattoo. <laughs> Great <laughs> context to watch it, and that probably is the best context well, to watch that yeah. movie. <laughs> um. I think it was that one. And, and so, yeah, I, I just haven't really seen him in much. Uh-huh. So I just wasn't sure if I could trust him yet, you know, with with, um, with my Guardians movie. <laughs> that's that's how I felt. But then on the Saturday before I watched this movie, I watched Midsommar, and he was really good in that movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't even think it was so much the actor. It was the character. It's yeah. like, okay, we got a golden god. Yeah, it's like, this is kind of goofy. Kind of goofy and potentially run of the mill. Yes, he yes. Hasn't, like, I know that in the trailer they showed the high evolutionary, but uh-huh. they didn't really show what he was doing. Yeah. So I couldn't, like, I, I got the sense that he was not a good person, but it felt like Adam Warlock was the villain. Yeah. Which I, if that's the intent of the marketing, I would say that's good marketing because it's, I feel it's like really I, just setting a tone or something. Or Yeah, I, I feel like the trailers did make it seem like he, the high evolutionary worked on Rocket. Yes. So I, I kind of figured he would be maybe more and Which prevalent. is why I thought Rocket would die, because we're like, oh, we're going to get so much backstory. Yeah, yeah. But like, how does Adam Warlock get, fit into it? Just some really strong god that's going to, like, beat yeah. up people. Well, and he is a very... I, I actually... I don't know that I've ever read an issue with him, uh, but he is a pretty big character. Okay. Um, And I think he was very involved in some Thanos stuff. Um, But, of course, you know, they adapted that afterwards, so... Or before, I mean. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he's say, a very big character that people really love. So. Yeah, he became his character became so freaking interesting. Uh huh. So he comes to nowhere, and it uh, specifically gets Rocket. Yep. Rocket gets away from him. The other guardians are starting to fight him, um, but it, but he's like ambushed them by surprise. So um, it, it's just this like the gnarly the gnar- gnarliness. <laughs> not a word is like shown right off the bat of this movie uh-huh. because he is ruthless in hurting people yeah that we don't see in marvel yeah. movies yeah unless it's like a end game type situation where it's like we want you to know that this is the end right 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 um so he massacres nebula yeah pretty aggressively now i just want to point out that the way they shot this was very interesting uh-huh um, the, the camera's just doing certain movements and certain setups, um, that we just haven't seen in any of these Marvel movies. 
and the action was so clear. Yeah. And it was just like that. That was the moment when I was like, okay, I, this movie's gonna be great. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not biting my teeth anymore Same. because it's like if you're putting this much work into the first action scene in this movie, we're set. We're yeah. golden. Because Th- this could be your like toss away. Yeah. Although it is the beginning, you want to hook yeah, them at do, the beginning. But but still, it's like it's your third movie. They're gonna sit and watch it all. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, uh, a lot could have been half-assed, and it was not. No, it was so, full-assed. <laughs> One cheek, two cheek, bang. Full-assed so that our asses stay in the seats. Yeah. So Thanks for your ass, James Gunn. <laughs> he beats up Nebula, <laughs> and then um, Rocket... Well, uh, Star-Lord wakes up, sees what's happening. Rocket is trying to like create a weapon, I think. And Warlock sh- catches up to him. Star-Lord starts fighting him, though, and then Mantis is also there. Yeah. And he like breaks her arm. Yeah. Which was nuts. And then he shot like power beam something at Rocket. Yeah. And then by that time Drax had caught up and was beating up Warlock. But he still was beating up Drax pretty bad. Nebula um fixes herself and ends it all. Like mm-hmm. she ends the fight, right? And he goes away. Yeah, she stabs him with a big sword. Stabs him with the sword. Um, prior to all of this, um, we see Sean Gunn forget his character's name. I always forget. I always forget his character's name as well. I'll look it up. But um, if a refresher that he now has the what is Yondu's it called? Yondu's arrow. Yondu's arrow. The whistling arrow. And he's continuing to to learn how to do it. But he he's not good at it yet. Craglin. And, Craglin. And if we know one oh, and thing, he plays Young Rocket. Yeah, and he does the 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 onset. Oh, I've known that. As well. Yeah, he's yeah. the stand-in. Um, but uh, yeah, he. If we know one thing about James Gunn, it's the guy loves character arcs. <laughs> he loves them so much that no matter he how made teeny a movie tiny. with a giant starfish, and the giant starfish, amorphous starfish, had a character arc yeah. in it. So in this movie, when I see Craglin talking to Cosmo the dog, and he keeps saying, you're a bad dog, and the dog's like, no, I'm not a bad dog. It's like, okay, we're getting we're getting a character arc for not only Sean Gunn, Craglin, but also Cosmo the dog, who's not <laughs> even hardly in this. And that is the girl from Borat's subsequent movie film. Uh, you knew what I was looking it up. I knew you were. Uh, cause, and then I had forgotten what she was in and then it popped in my head, right? Right. Great when job. you held it up. Nominated for an Oscar for that movie. Yeah. Um, good for her. Um, so, but yeah, so he's trying to get on the fight and sucks. Yeah. So yeah. Character arc established. And then rocket is like really hurt mm-hmm. in his stomach. And they're they're there's, they have these Medipacks that they put on them. That you yeah. can put on a person, it fixes Mantis's arm. They put it on his chest. Which again, just good, good writing, showing how it helps Mantis makes it more interesting than like put the Medi Pack on Rocket, and then we don't really know what it does. Yeah, no, it's so necessary. Yeah, um, Nebula like discovers or runs fig- in, and runs she's in, like, take, it's that like off. take it off because she. Well, how, what, how does she know? I can't remember, but she knows that there is like a thing on his heart that if Rocket like dies, he will like it explode or something. Yeah. Like he'll kill everybody. Something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's that because the high evolutionary wants his brain. Oh, but I kind of assumed it was a self-destruction mechanism to like. I think it might. In, like, in case it, anyone ever stole him or something. 
Oh, that but would make I, sense. That, too. I might just be making no, that. No, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and and right away, I mean, it's like okay, now Rocket's in a coma, and they are like, okay, let's find this uh, code, this kill switch to stop this thing, so we can make his heart work and his lungs work. But they only have forty eight hours to do it. Yeah. Woof. And actually, in this movie, they follow that logic well. It's not like Hobbs and Shaw. Do you do you no. remember that we that when we talked about that with Shaw, uh, Shane? No. Oh my gosh, because because they're like, I think they have like twenty four hours to do something, and they take a flight and they go all the way to Samoa, and then they like build all of this stuff, and you're like, this is a long twenty four. You know, what probably hours. helps in this movie situation though. What? Well, it's a perfect movie. The pacing's perfect. Yeah. They've got it all figured out. But it takes place in space for the most part, so it's only black the whole time. We're not seeing days go by. We're not <laughs> right. seeing the sun go up and down. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, yeah, also they see have that episode. Uh, what's it called? Like hyperspace jump speed something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so now he's he's down for the count, and. And right away, they're like, let's get on the ship. We got to go get this thing. Yep. So, like, we're off to the races already. And um, it's established here. Yeah. Um, they they take time to establish. Um, Mantis is talking to Star-Lord about, like, you need to work on yourself, basically. Yeah. And confronting him because of he's just getting drunk all the time. Yeah. And he's very unhappy. And he his um, excuse is, like, everyone leaves me. Everyone close to me has died or has left me. Yeah. Um, and while that's true, she reminds him, like, don't you have a grandpa back on Earth? And you left him. And, yeah. you know, he's saying, like, well, I was abducted. So it's not that wasn't really my choice. Yeah. He also pushed me out of the hospital room. You know, he's made this kind of like narrative up in his head from his childhood. Yeah. And but she's reminding him, like, but you still have never gone back and you can. Yeah. And why? So why haven't you? Yeah. Loved loved that. So crap. Yeah. You know, okay. Um so then they're headed out there. They go to some it's like a it's, it's not like a planet. Flesh. It's like a it's a like a uh, it's like a grown biological planet. station, space station yeah. that like grows. Pretty gross. Disgusting, dude. I'm like I I'm sitting there going like, yeah, this makes sense that this guy worked at Troma Studios before. What's that? That that's the that's the weird uh director who made like uh, just a bunch of very weird like B movies that that are really gross, really really gross. Yeah, he's not the puppet guy, is he? Yeah, he's a, he okay, does a he, lot of weird puppets. He is and, a weird puppet guy, and so James Gunn like started there. Okay, I think we've um, talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when I see this, I'm like, he's back at it. He's back <laughs> to his roots. Yeah. So they need to get in, but there's like three three security shields before they even get into the station. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's really hard to get in. They need help. Uh, Ravagers show up on their ship. Yep. Sylvester Stallone's Rav- Ravagers. Yeah. Um, which is Gamora. She's part of his ravaging crew. Yeah. Um, we find out that Nebula calls them to help. Right. Help them get in. Right. Um, but she's like, to no one's knowledge, she does this, especially Star-Lord, who is pissed. Yeah, and I thought it was pretty interesting to kind of jump, like, talk about the whole arc of this movie here i thought it was pretty interesting that they didn't regain their love i i liked that at the end of the day well and and when you think about it they do it is set up it doesn't feel like a misdirect or anything like that because she the whole movie chris pratt or star lord keeps saying hey like we were in love like 
you you didn't act like this. You didn't this. You didn't that. And Gamora keeps saying, what whatever version of me you were in love with and was in love with you is not me. I mm. am not that person. Mm-hmm. And so you can't expect me to be someone that I'm not. Mm-hmm. And you can't repeat all this, all the tiny minute scenarios that took me to fall in love with you. That's yeah. not the situation we're in. And, and check this out, which I'm just realizing is star Lord serves as a juxtaposition to the high evolutionary because the high evolutionary is taking things and he wants to make them a certain specific way and he wants to ruin them, basically, and create his utopia full of perfect people, which doesn't work. And then Star-Lord wants to take Gamora and make her a certain way, but he has to learn to accept that she is who she is, and the only way that I can find peace in utopia is by letting her be who she is and mm-hmm. letting her go. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. Oh, just now thought of that. Great and that's job. a that's a great uh theme that you stuck in there, James. Come on the podcast, man. <laughs> we need to meet you. Um so they get there. This is where all the all the colorful fun spacesuits come in. It, yeah. it is like James Gunn is laughing at all of the other Marvel movies it's, that have been gray concrete slabs before this one. It's crazy. Isn't it crazy? It, it is it is just I feel like, especially if you're Peyton Reed, you have to be so embarrassed right now. <laughs> I know, because that movie is like as effects heavy as this one, easily. And it looks like garbage. It looks so bad. The actors have no idea how to interact with the environment around them. Yeah. And you know what? That I think we talked about this on our Quantumania episode. That's an episode where every auxiliary character I saw, I was like, I don't believe that that's a character that has, like goes home and does things and has a job. Yeah. And Guardians is the opposite, and it's the same universe that they're working in, where it's like, I get it, these people do this thing, this makes sense to me, just by looking at them. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I know. How much money would someone have to pay you to watch Quantumania for a second time? A lot. Just throw out a number. Well, I don't know. What about you? I mean, it'd be tough to say no to $20. You know, okay. twenty dollars. I, mean, I would not watch the movie again for twenty dollars. I mean, twenty bucks, two hour. That's ten bucks an hour. Oh, that's below minimum wage. My you know bad. what? Forty bucks. Forty bucks. Wow, low standards. You know, no, I'd do it for twenty. I'd do it for twenty. Okay, but to rewatch Hobbs and Shaw, I think I think starting bid. I gotta say seventy five. This uh, is no, such 100. a dumb conversation. Hundred. Anyway. They get onto the, they're breaking into the station. Um, that's when Star-Lord is have, trying to have a heart-to-heart with with Gamora. Uh, perfect time for some comedy bits. Of yeah. They're talking on an open channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're all going through the, <laughs> they explain the colors. They yeah. go through the whole thing. And I love that Drax says, it's pretty intuitive. Or, <laughs> yeah. or Mantis says it. Very funny. And it's, it yeah, because it's like no yellow sense. is for the red channel. Red is for the orange channel. Orange is for the blue channel. Blue is for the green channel. And then uh, green is for everyone. And they, <laughs> right. they all get it. Yeah. And he doesn't. Yeah. So he was having a heart to heart with her and everyone heard it. And he's like, why didn't you tell me? And they're like, we thought you were going to stop at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so they get in to where they need to go. Yeah. While this is happening, it cuts to what's the actor's name? 
Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion or Castle. Um, Who I believe is in all of James Gunn movies as well. I think you're right. I don't know, although I don't know if he's in Guardians 1 or 2, actually. I bet he is. But he was in Slither, his first movie, and then I think he's been in... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in all of them. Yeah. But he got billing in this movie. He did. He earned it. So he (laughs) is like a guard or something, a security, um, and it cuts to him in the hallway talking to his other (laughs) dudes, and he's talking to the guy. I left for kind of a while after (laughs) this scene. It's really funny. He's talking, we don't know know what they're talking about, sci-fi stuff, and he says, like, well, it's like this something-something reactor, and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, right, and he's like, I just made that up. (laughs) (laughs) The guy's like, he just keeps saying throughout the whole scene, like, I thought you were talking, I I, I misheard you, I I thought you meant something else. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And so then... Uh, James Gunn's wife is in this movie as well. Yeah. I don't, re- I can't recall her name. Um, and she's running like the, the she's at the, the security, security bay. By, by the way, I like the weird microphone thing. Very that was cool. cool. Um, and so they, they go cause there might be a disturbance in this one sector. And then right when they get in there, uh, star Lord is like, what are you guys doing in here? Like, this could have been a full-on explosion. This could have been crazy. Y- you can't, you know, just totally... He's doing, like, Han Solo in A New Hope. It's great. Where where he's where the guy's on the intercom, and right. he's like, oh, everything's fine. It's all under control. How are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but then Drax starts trying to get in on it, too. But he's he's too... Li- yeah, he he's too literal. He's too literal. He ha- yeah. <laughs> We're wearing these perfectly acceptable suits that look but some, almost convincingly like the... But like, I think he said, like, but some might think it wouldn't look so great with some some of our eyes. Yeah. Because he had an issue with the color. Um, and, and, then, and so, like, Star- yeah. Star-Lord's like, yeah, I have a lot of issues with that guy. And Nathan Fillion's like, yeah, me too. And he turns and looks at the guy. <laughs> And that guy again says, like, I thought you said something else. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And they just kind of, like, go back and forth. And they do that, like, throughout, like, this whole scene where he's like, oh, this guy. Yeah. And it's his nephew, right? Is that what he said? I I thought he at one point said it was his nephew. Well, we were watching Pitch Perfect 2, and there's a lot of nephew talk in that Oh, maybe that's that's what I was thinking of. Um, So... They accidentally put their spacesuits out into space, so now they have to figure out a different way to get out of here. Uh-huh. But whatever, they're carrying on with their mission. They need to find the code. Um, so they split up. Star-Lord and Gamora go in one direction, and then Drax and Mantis and Nebula? Or she's on the yeah. ship. Yeah. Yeah, she's on the ship, yeah. Okay, so Drax and Mantis. No, they, wait, they, she's they, not. I can't no, she remember. is. She is. No, she is on the ship because she's with Rocket. Yeah. Um. So... Gamora and Star-Lord go to an area where this this girl is, is like the gatekeeper to code. Yeah. And Star-Lord is going to try and convince Gamora that he has charm. Yeah. So he's going to try and charm this girl into getting what he wants. Right. To which she responds. Oh, we got to see this movie again. I know. Pretty immediately with holding a gun in this woman's face. Yeah. To try and get it. Did you notice that the woman's skin color changed? It did. Yeah. And I'm assuming because of distress. Oh, Okay. Because she was first red and then she turned purple. Like, but but then yeah. like in the next shot she was purple. Yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so she gets them the code that they need. They really, Marvel, uh, they just nail doing like bright colored skin tones. Because mm-hmm. they've had to do that in all the Guardians and and then other other of the Marvel movies as well, where it's like, oh, here's a green person or a blue person, and it always looks so. Did they good. ever make jo- Josh Brolin? Never had to be purple. 
right? I don't, no, th- I don't think he No, because he was all motion capture. Yeah, so. I just was, I couldn't remember. But, you know, like, Drax and Gamora are, like, legit. Uh-huh. It's, like, real makeup. Nebula is mostly makeup, too, with, oh, like, yeah. digital touch-ups. I mean, they just, they just nail it. Yeah, I've always been most impressed by Drax's skin. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Because it's, like, marble, almost. And I don't know how they got the texture. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little mind-blowing, yeah. actually. Now, something I noticed, um, and I... I think this speaks to M. Night Shyamalan being so awesome. Okay. Uh, I think I always pronounce his name wrong, but we're going to go with it. Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Uh, yeah, I think it's Shyamalan. That makes more sense. He in... So the last time we saw Dave Bautista was in Knock at the Cabin earlier this year. And in that movie, Dave Bautista is so imposing and looks he looks like he can hardly fit in the cabin in the movie. And there are other actors in there with him. He's huge. And I think a lot of this is a, is lens choices. Oh, totally. Um and be- tight shots. And tight shots and stuff and and it's, you know, M Night is doing that very intentionally. So it's just very cool because when we watch this movie, I'm I, usually when I see Dave, I'm like the guy is huge. Like he's just huge. And in this movie I was like he looks smaller than I Oh, that's like funny. Imagined. I didn't think about that, but I that is that is interesting because because the movie doesn't need him to be the biggest guy in the room necessarily. Yeah, yeah. So I I think it I think it's also just just because the last time I saw him he looked so big and uh-huh. and everything that this movie it's like oh you know he's part of the team he like fitting in with yeah. everybody he's yeah. just the bigger guy. <laughs> I'm um, a big guy. <laughs> I'm a big guy. Uh, yeah. So, Butter Mantis and um, Drax doing. Uh, I don't remember. I think they're trying to find a way out. Yeah. So they get to like this main area, um, where they see, I think this is where like ships go, go and come from maybe. Yeah. So they, they find, I guess where they need to go. They just need to find how to get out, I guess. Um, but in all this time, alarms are shut, are set off yeah. by Star-Lord and Gamora getting the code, right? Or someone calls the, lo- calls the alarm. I think actually, uh, Mantis and and Dave tripped Dale. Oh, that was so funny when they were trying to get through security, and she tells the man that he's hopelessly in love with Drax. Yeah, <laughs> that that acting was so good because that that guy yeah. was so good, but Drax or so Batista's annoyed. performance was so like like so um little expression on his face of like please just let us go through. Yeah, like look, can we please just stop talking? Yeah, it is so uncomfortable. And we like learned prior previously that like she once made Drax fall in love with a sock. Uh-huh. So it's just, it's just, it's so funny. Um, so yeah, that uh, S hits the fan. It certainly does. So Gamora and Star Lord take this girl hostage to try and help them to get out. Um, Nathan Fillion and crew start showing up to take them all in. Yeah. Fight, fight scene ensues. ensues. Really cool fight scene. Yeah. Uh, fun. Once again, cool great. set. Cool set. Um, and Chris, why don't you have this guy run your studio? Cause he's so, Oh, I'm telling you what I'm telling. I said this off mic, but I, I do. I did think immediately after the movie, I thought, you know what? People seem to be growing a little impatient with Marvel. And they're kind of on a, uh, they, they've done their big epic thing. I think they're going to be fine for a decade at least. Oh, yeah. But I I think after Superman comes out and James Gunn is able to launch his universe, 
I really think that that whatever decade that happens in those amount of years, uh, it's going to turn into like everyone's going to see DC if they're going to. That's fascinating. Like, I think that those movies are going to be saying it before a movie even comes out. I am. I am going to say it. That's wild. I'm just so excited that he's directing Superman because we haven't had a good Superman movie since the 70s. Uh Uh, And it's a great character. And we need someone who understands the character and isn't trying to make it cool because he kills people sometimes when he has to. But isn't that kind of cool? No, Jordan. Oh. It's actually supremely stupid. So this was so funny. So they... Uh, this fight, all this big fight scene happens, and then they're in like the control bay with this, yeah. with open um, the pod bay door, Hal. <laughs> <laughs> and Gamora shoots th- her the the girl in the leg. Yeah, and her reaction was so good, <laughs> and and the the like no something about the sound editing yeah. too, like the smack of the of her getting shot in the leg. Yeah, it was just so good. Yeah, it's like it was just like it's the little things. Yeah, and it looks and, so painful. It did. And then things are really going down. It's not looking good for everybody. Uh-huh. Um, people are getting incapacitated like Drax and Mantis. And then Chris Pratt says to the girl, he says, can you just let me talk to them? Because I think we have like a unit, like I, I, we have a unified voice and I like, I just need to, we all have the same thing in common or something like that. Just and let she's me speak like, for my heart. Yeah. And she's like, Okay, and she sets him up, and then he's like, nah, I'm not that stupid. Because Gamora's like, are you really going to do that? And he's like, no, I just needed to get into the computer and do all this stuff. And then he's like, told you I still had the charm, though. <laughs> so they get out. They have the code. Yeah. They they go back to Rocket, and they're using it, um, but it's not working. Yeah. Right? Uh, Yeah. It's not working no, or no, it's no. harming I, him. I, I, think, I think they get the code but it like leads them to no no the, well, no they, they no the code was... was taken the code was taken oh, okay so it can't do anything they they find out that they got to find the people with the, the things in their head yeah um which they saw one of them on this station yeah um they saw the guy the guy that they need because he has the code in his head yeah so there's like a piece of data that's missing and that's what they need oh okay. and that guy took it so they need to go to counter earth yeah that's now, where they follow him to let's talk about rocket yeah because then we see him as baby rocket. Yeah. And that's pretty intense. Just seeing I, we, we see him like rocket. them do, them doing like surgery on him. Yeah. And when and then when we see he's just a tiny little pup, like his skull, like Yeah, that can, was like, gnarly. See his skull or his scalp? I don't know. Yeah. It was gross. Um But you know what? He did a great job. I mean, that's all I'm going to say about everything in this movie. But when you first meet Rocket, in the first movie, and and he says it in the second movie too. You know, he talks about very uh, full of shame and 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 not very open. He talks about how he was tortured, basically. Yeah. And when you see it in this movie, you're like, oh my gosh, he truly was. Yeah. Like this, this was not some like you know little thing. Yeah. Like he was tortured. Right. And and it, you really feel it. Yeah, so he is kept in a cage with other animals. Yeah. One being a walrus that has giant wheels. Yeah. Um, And then the otter that has no arms, like has mechanical arms. Yeah. And then the bunny that has, it looks like it has a bear trap for a mouth. Yeah. And, and But, but it the has bunny like was scary spider looking. legs. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those bunnies with the red eyes, which are always creepier too. Yeah. Um, 
Now, but this is his family. Oh, well, they they develop they develop friendship. they develop it. You know, he's like so scared. Uh huh. And I this point, I wasn't ready to cry. I was more just scared. Actually. Well, I I was more uh, felt so much pity. Yes. For him, because especially you know they're being very sweet to him from from the beginning. Yeah. But his like first words are that you know that we hear are just like it hurts. Oh my gosh. Because they drilled into his brain. Yeah. And he's just a little like baby raccoon. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and and so the other animals are also sympathizing, and they're like, "It's going to be okay. We're, we'll be friends. All that." And so yeah. they're developing this relationship that it keeps cutting to throughout the movie. Yeah. Now, now, can I alleviate some of the sadness and tell you about the first issue of Rocket Raccoon that I read? Sure. <laughs> so, after this movie, I was like, you know what? I haven't really read much Guardians. I need to I need to read some Rocket Raccoon because I love this character. Now, of course, a lot of characters, it takes them a long time to figure out what their thing is. Of course. And I've often wondered how much is James Gunn putting into these movies beyond just adaption, but like how much of his of it is him just like making this stuff up? Mm-hmm. And then the comics are like, that was good. Let's integrate that. Because mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of that in there. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to start with Rocket, and I saw that he premiered in some certain magazines and stuff like that, or books, I should say, and, uh, and you know, he, he'd done this and that, but then he had a four-issue series in the 70s, I think, or maybe 80s, called Rocket Raccoon, and I read the first issue, and it is very different. Really? <laughs> first of all, he's a straight-up ra- rock, uh, raccoon. He's a straight-up rocket? <laughs> he's a raccoon. But Lila was in the first issue. Cool. And he's in this he's in this kingdom where there are all these people called um the Weirds, I think. And I'm they listening. have like a th- this was kind of cool. They they have a maybe a, a psychiatry book or something like that. That's their Bible. Oh. And they put on straight jackets and stuff like in church. What? And but he's an he's an animal and he's like sworn to protect these people. Even he's, though these are humans. Yeah, even though he's like he's like, man, these people are pretty weird. What? And then meanwhile, there's this guy at the beginning of the issue, there's this toy maker that gets assassinated in this other part of the galaxy. And you find out that there's like a toy war and like the the providers of the toys to that planet to the weirds or i forget what they're called like one of the one of them is has been killed so now the other can take over and uh marry lila and get her inheritance and get all the money I've, and, and I've, the toy contract me. <laughs> and so rocket's this is one like, issue of a comic book this is one issue and by the end he's like going after him but lila gets captured and i was like this is crazy. Uh-huh. Um, it was. Was the artwork cool? Yeah, it was a little, a little kitty cartoony. Oh, okay. Um, it was still really good though. I mean, it's kind of nuts. You know, I'm, I'm just being particular because I, I like. Well, I think it was, it was shocking to see Rocket not like with kind of a grimace on his face and maybe yeah, a, a madcap smile, but, but him being like cute Rocket. You know. Weird. Uh, so. I probably will not be informing the listener, but Jordan, I'll be informing you of how that yeah. goes. Uh, pretty funny though, because that's certainly not the rocket we get in any of the movies. No. Um, anyway, yeah, I wonder when we get that. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can find out. 
so it all throughout the the flashbacks um you learn that they are genetically modifying these animals, including rocket um, to make them superior beings. Cause it's the yes. high evolutionary's goal to make perfect beings. Yep. Um, and rocket seems to be like his star pupil. Uh-huh. He seems to be, I guess, evolving at a satisfactory rate. Yeah. Um, and that, so there's that one scene where he shows rocket what they're trying to do, which was gnarly. Uh, Yeah. I that was when I was like nervous for the kids sitting next to me. I know, I know. So the they take him into this room and they have this turtle, a little turtle. Yeah. That they put in this chamber and they, you know, pump it full of stuff that's going to evolve it. And it does. It turns into like a a humanoid like a human. at, or a what is it called in D&D? Uh, I don't know. You don't remember what you were called? Blackwat? Well, I, I was a I was a druid. I was a turtle. Turtle. It like turns into a turtle. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like a real uh, uh person. It's like someone's in a costume too. I know. It, it, I know. It, 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 crazy that they did that because we barely see it. Yeah. Um. So it turns. But you in, know what? It probably costs less to make that costume. Probably. Than have a convincing artist do it. Probably. So VFX artist. I mean. Turns into a humanoid creature that's huge, and it is immediately violent. Yeah. So they they're having a hard time trying to 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 push they're having a hard time pushing evolution forward without creating violent yeah beings. Um and then Rocket immediately is like, "Oh, what if you change this this this?" He's well, yeah, he's saying like there's like a section that you're not doing correctly. And yeah. they're like, "That could work." Yeah. And they're kind of surprised by that. They they put him back in his cage. Um that the high evolutionary in this movie part of it you know, he's abusing animals. So uh-huh. already he seems more evil than just about anyone we've uh-huh. seen in the universe. Uh-huh. But his acting, man, he is so cold. He is. It was it was pretty it was pretty like this guy is is uh is one maybe one of the best of the villains. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was creepy. Yeah. And and it was enough that like if I saw the guy walking down the street, I might just cross the street just to be safe. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like he was creepy. Yeah. Um, so I had a question. Yeah if we'll, we'll stick to flashbacks for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so I think it's sometime a flashback soon after this one, he comes in to where rocket is kept in the cage and he's like, he seems like drunk or something. Yeah. And did, some, did someone make a comment about like, he he's like having treatment done. Uh, like the, the high, high evolutionary? evolutionary is having treatment done. And it's like, he's kind of cuckoo because I don't remember. That's what it sounded like that. someone was saying because I couldn't. I didn't really understand why he was acting so strange, like drunk. Oh no, no, no. So, so he let's pause for that because before that, there's another scene where Rocket and the High Evolutionary are like he's teaching him and they're listening to music. Uh huh. And he sees the sky and it's just oh, the, it inspires Rocket to dream for something. Yes. Yeah. And and he sees a ship fly by and yeah. so that inspires his name Rocket. You know. Uh huh. Did um, you like that scene where they all came up with the names? Yeah. Yeah. It I was, loved it. It was it was it was heartfelt. Uh-huh. It, it was not like the solo thing. No. No, this was like very good. Because they literally don't have names and stuff. Uh-huh. You know. Um uh okay. So in that scene, uh the high evolutionary comes in. This is how I read it. I don't know about the treatment, but he comes in and he grabs him and he's upset. And he's like, it worked. Everything your oh. your thing worked and his and he's just freaking out about it. His, 
Uh, no, not even that. Well, he's freaking out because he's like, I'm the one who made you. How come you yes. figured it out and I did not? Okay, I understand now. Because it's a pride so thing. So that by treatment, they were saying that they were working on the other animals' treatment, yeah. not like he was getting treatment. Because when they said that, I was like, oh, then I'm assuming they'll show us later what kind of treatment this is, and then we'll learn more about this villain and like... This no, is why no, no. This is like he was drunk and angry because the thing he created was smarter than And him. he wasn't literally drunk. He was angry. He wasn't drunk. Okay, you said he was came he, in like stumbling and kind of drunk. Well, yeah, but I think now that having you explained what you explained, he's like... Oh, just ha- ha- he's emotional like having a breakdown. Yeah, like yeah. emotional yeah. about it. Which that development, I was like, that's so interesting. So interesting. A God creating something that can be smarter than it. Yeah. Um, yikes. Okay. And then at at that point, Rocket finds out that because uh, he's like, "Oh my gosh, you figured it out, and we're gonna be able to live in this Counter Earth soon." And the High Evolutionary says, "Oh, you you you're part of the P eighty nine program. It was never gonna be you. We're just gonna harvest your brain and kill all the rest of you." Yeah. So then Rocket is like, "I got to get out of here." Now before that, they became good friends and they played together, and they named each other or they named each like themselves themselves and it's all very sweet and it's like your 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 tears are sitting right at the because ducks. you're asking yourself how come i've not seen these animals in the other movies i didn't even go that far i was just connecting with it and i was just like what are you gonna take from us james mm-hmm. don't take rocket away but yeah yeah that would have been that would have made it worse. I'm glad I didn't think of that. <laughs> so Rocket is going to break them out. Yeah. He does break them out, but they don't make it anywhere because High Evolutionary catches up. Doesn't even catch yeah. up. He's like, I knew I had, a, you know, of course I knew you guys were going to do this. Um, kills, kills Lila, Lila right away. immediately. It's, that was so freaking sad. Yeah. And a couple other shots go off when other people come in. And yes, yeah, so, well, he's like freak, you know, screams is like sobbing uncontrollably rocket and uh-huh. it's like i i can't handle this yeah gets a gun and is yeah there's a shootout yeah um which in in the shootout teeths and floor also get killed and the way they reveal it is just great directing yeah because it's like you don't see that and then he looks back and teeths is dead and then he looks to the other side and floors floor is dead yeah and it's it is genuinely it is devastating heart-wrenching because it is so not fair yeah. You know? Plus, uh, you know, we've w- just in the last like year, we, there's been so much death in our lives. Uh-huh. And so you're watching this and it's just like, it's very um, cathartic and yeah. very sad. Yeah. So, so he gets on top of the high evolutionary and yeah. like clauses, literally claws his face off. Which that part was awesome because I was like, oh, I didn't even clock that in his current timeline his face is like plastered oh, on kind of like that? a robot i i just didn't clock that there was a difference between the two. Oh, i don't think and so when he started clawing his face i'm like no way that's i noticed cool. there was a difference but i think up until that point i was assuming that he was also like evolving himself that's probably what i thought way. too yeah yeah um and so that part is a little gnarly as well oh it's so gnarly and then um and then and then he escapes. Rocket mm-hmm. runs out. He's getting shot at, and he escapes in a ship. And that's like the end of all the flashbacks. Uh huh. <sighs> so the another so so the high evolutionary 
it's just an interesting idea, you know, playing, especially when you're in a galactic setting, playing with like, what does that mean about God? Because when, when we're down here on Earth, sometimes it can be easier to imagine God mm-hmm. because we, it's just like there's so much wonder beyond our stars. Yes. But when you have conquered the stars or when you've conquered the science, it's easy to be prideful yes. and think that you've conquered everything. Yes. Something I, I think about that's funny to me is a lot of the stuff we've learned about pregnancy and, and, and breastfeeding and all that stuff, if it's okay for me to say this, is that like it, se- it seems like at a certain point if, if science and man was really that smart, we'd figure out like easier and quicker ways to do it mm-hmm. that, are, that are like better and healthier and all that. All the things you learn about having a baby and nursing and all that stuff is that like, well, actually, the the, the God given way all this stuff happened is actually the best way for it to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like the best technology is the technology that man never touched. Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie's kind of dealing with those themes. Yeah, it also reminds me of uh, which I know I told you about it, but on the podcast Cryptid Factor, which is so good, um, it they they interviewed. Avi Loeb, who is a really, really famous physicist and stuff. Um, and he, he's a big, he, he is at Harvard and he's a big pers- big proponent of like this guy that has all this clout yeah. and he is saying like, yeah, I think aliens are real, which is pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. And, and the interview that they had with him, something that he said that really struck me, struck me was like, I'm paraphrasing, but as humans, we really need to let go of our ego and assume that we're the we're the most intelligent life form out here. Yeah. And like be ready and okay to accept other life forms. And if we ever like encounter it, that they're, they're not uh, inferior to us, but it's most likely that we're inferior to them. Yeah. And and so we need, like we need to be letting go of that ego. That's so interesting. Yeah. Oh man. I guess all the guardians movies are about ego. In a, well, in a, what was the dad's name in the second that's movie? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ego, so these the are really planet. about Kurt Russell's character. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So another thing that was crazy and, and another crazy, interesting idea is the, um, I'm forgetting their names, but the golden people. Yeah. They're like celestial, like almost like, I mean, they definitely have like a biblical bent to, you know, they're supposed to be like perfect. Well, and and we find out that he created them. Yes, that was wild. And I just thought, oh, that's so clever. Like, that's just one but more in his like goal. A, they're like a failed project, more yeah. or less. He, so he just has all these failed projects. I was just like, this guy's. this is a, such an interesting character to do. So interesting. Um, never read anything with this character. Okay. Uh, would be interested to. Uh, yeah, because we have Andrea Debicki in this movie, too. Uh, Elizabeth, yes. Eliz- where do I, I think I say that every time. <laughs> Elizabeth Debicki. Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah. She is uh, 6'3". Yeah. And uh, so she towers above most people. And I got to say, this movie did something that made me so happy. There's a scene where the high evolutionary is talking to her and Adam Warlock, and he is like, you guys have not gotten me P89, which is Rocket. You need to get him now. Uh That's why I had you go do it. But before he talks to her, someone brings up a stool and puts it in front of her so that he is at eye level with her. And uh-huh. he steps up onto the stool maybe five inches higher. Uh-huh. 
And I just thought, heck yeah. They don't address it. They don't no. say like, oh, that's lame that he has to do that. There's not a one-liner or anything. They just they just did that. Uh-huh. I just loved that. I know. That's great. Um So but they she's like the mother of Adam. Yeah. Okay, so Which I guess Oh no, I was about to say that makes her Eve, but that wouldn't make her Eve. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, go ahead. No, now I'm just thinking about Okay, so they make it to Counter Earth. Yeah, and this Counter Guardians, Earth, you're saying Guardians do. Okay, um, and this is pretty much how it sounds. He created this Earth to be like the perfect version of it. Yeah, um, it seems like a Jordan Paradise at the beginning because it is a bunch of animals living together. Yeah, like humanoid animals. Right. That's probably heaven for me. <laughs> um. And it, it was fun because the part of this was shown in the trailer. So it was fun to see the context of it now. Yeah. So they, they're, it's just so interesting. Also costumes again. Costumes are crazy. Costumes are so crazy. So this is counter earth and it's very like middle America. Yeah. It's suburban. Sur- suburban. Suburbia. They land their giant spaceship on it and everyone is like pretty scared about it. Uh, uh-huh. which is interesting. Yeah. They they have no knowledge of this. And to the point, I think even at one point someone says about the high evolutionary, like he's created so many beings, like he is God to people. Yeah. Which is also just an interesting mind F. Yeah. Um, so it's like all these people are very scared because aliens have come to their planet. It, How wild is yeah, that? Yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Well, and and this is kind of cool. This is once again, this is doing the Edward Scissorhands thing now yeah. that I think about it. Where it's no accident that James Gunn is choosing a suburban area. Yeah. Suburban areas classically where communities can kind of be away from other people groups. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying suburban areas are bad. And if you live in one, that's fine. But, like, they have often historically been used to be away from the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, once again, this movie is dealing with this theme of like you can try to make things perfect on your own but it makes them worse and the only way to find that true utopia is to accept people as they are mm-hmm. and 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 so choosing it in a suburban area is a pretty interesting thing it also just looks interesting because it it's like a big spaceship like you said but well it's such a cosmic series too yeah. so and and i brought up the edward scissorhands because you know in that movie there's the suburban area that he lives in and he's this weird outsider right and they're like huh you know right. so it stop it felt stop. very tim burton gilmore. gilmore no did you see what he was doing <laughs> he, was he was trying leaning to eat your... over with yeah. my foot why you, he's been on three walks and he's freaking out right now it's because he ate dinner he's yeah i energy. guess he got a little energy I was hoping he would just lay down this whole episode, but he's giving me the no. dopiest look right now. Play with me. Uh, yeah. So, so they they immediately <laughs> start off on the wrong foot with these people. Yeah. Drax throws a ball at a little uh, looks like a lemur or something <laughs> girl's face, um, and then everyone's mad at them. But then they find sanctuary in one of the people's houses. A, a bat family. Are you effing kidding yeah, me? Yep. Yep. Um. Another Jordan Heaven. And they're they're trying to communicate with them. Very funny scene. Yeah. Especially the Drax just keeps wanting to lay down. The <laughs> yeah. I can see you in the corner it's of my oblong. eye, Drax. Why else would they make it this way? <laughs> <laughs> and then basically they convince this person. I, I well, do the- like he he draws he draws what the person looks <laughs> like. Yeah. And 
And everyone's so impressed by it. They're like, oh, that's really good. Drex, can Drex? I have that when we're done so I can hang it up in my room? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then they they borrow their car because the the people the bat people told them where to go. Yeah. Um, he gets in the car and he's trying to well, he's trying to go away and Nebula can't figure out how to mm-hmm. open the door. And mm-hmm. that's when he says just open the effing door mm-hmm. or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And and it it was great. Uh, mm-hmm. For that to be their first F word, I'm very happy about it. That mm-hmm. was a good choice. So he gets in the car. He doesn't know how to drive. He's like, I left Earth at 8. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Gamora is staying in the space vehicle. Well, right before this, they had a huge fight because she wanted to be taken back to her Ravenger people. Yep. And they're like, we don't have time. And they so they refused to let her to take her back that kind of gets to the point where it's like if you know what she's like we can't take him on we got what we can get let's just leave yeah and and they kind of ends with like rocket meant a lot to you too yeah which is a very interesting yeah interesting thing she ends up calling or, or communicating with adam warlock right or like those people because they she sends them their coordinates that's right it is it is them that's right it is Adam Warlock <laughs> and Elizabeth Debicki because they're um, interrogating another guy. A Ravager. That, a Ravager. They take his comms. Yeah, and that's how they find out their coordinates. Yeah, and they also take his cool little furry monster. Yeah. Um, after incinerating him. Yeah. And Adam says, that didn't make me feel good. I didn't enjoy, I didn't like that. <laughs> um, which was like, when he was saying that, everyone was laughing, you know, and I was like, that's kind of profound. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is this is a moment for Adam Warlock. Yeah. Like he's he's about to start learning. Character arc set up again, James. <laughs> so Nebula, Dra- ne- Nebula, um, and Star Lord and Groot. So little Groot mentioned, but of course he's awesome throughout this movie. Yeah. He actually might not have any character arc out of everybody. Yeah, actually, that I, don't I think, think he does. now that I think about it. But he does say, which made me cry. He says, uh, "I love. We I love. Lo- I love you guys. I love you guys." Yeah. He actually says that instead of "I am Groot." I yeah. there was something th- about the way the movie was going. I had a feeling he was going to say words that weren't "I am Groot." Really? Yeah. I, I there was a line that some. It might have been Nebula, or I mean Gamora, when she said, "You guys are all just making up oh, that you know he's what he's saying. saying, right?" Um, and then, and then that moment where she understands him. Yeah. And she's like, oh, he said this. And she has that. They, they don't even point it out. She just no. like has a look of understanding on her face. Like, yep. how did I know that? I was like, I think he's going to say a line. Remember in the first movie when he sacrifices himself and he says, we are Groot. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I got a tearjerker. Yeah. So Nebula, Star-Lord, and Groot go to the this high evolutionary place. Only Star-Lord and Groot are let in. Yeah. By these disgusting, like, cyborg animals. Yeah. One voiced by Judy Greer. They're very, like, uh, remember that game Amnesia 2? That, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. It, it was so gross, uh, but I loved it. Yeah. Uh, so they're taken to the high evolutionary they, to find the guy. Things aren't going well, of course. Um, but I'm just going to skip forward. Yeah. Uh, Star Lord, so the the High Evolutionary like headquarters like lift off from Counter Earth, and he's like, "This has been failed. We're gonna blow it up and start over." Right. So as that's happening, Star Lord jumps out of it, like jumps out of this ship with the guy that they need. Yeah. And Groot jumps after them after a fight scene. 
Yeah, and he like sprouts wings and they fly away and they have the kill switch. Nice work, nice pun. Sprouts wings. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I, it was so gross though, because you know, as they're flying, the guy's like, "We're you're gonna kill us," and you know, Star Lord's like, "We're just one." Yeah, and they he does just straight up like murder this person. Yeah, he does. Gross. Um, and but it, but they've never like I know in this movie earlier he's like we don't kill people. But it is he. He takes a militaristic approach, and he has in all of the movies uh-huh. where he, he he doesn't have a problem killing someone if they are um, if they are like you know like if it's a military advantage kind of thing. It's the innocence that he doesn't want to have killed. Uh-huh. He's not like Spider Man or Batman where they would be like, I have to figure out a way not to kill uh-huh, this uh-huh. person. Right, right, you right. Know? He's not concerned about that. Um, gets back to the ship. Um, Drax, Mantis, and Nebula are on the evolutionary ship because they're trying to get Star-Lord and Groot out because they don't know that they've jumped out. Yes. Now, a- a- has Adam Warlock returned yet, or does he return after he R- Rocket wakes up? as Gamora is trying to drive the ship. Well, he, he, sh- he shows up when Gamora's on the ship. Yeah, so that's before. Yeah. And they fight for a little bit, and then she escapes with Rocket. Uh-huh. Um, and the war pig shows up. Um, cause now Adam Warlock wants to get the credit. So he's trying not to have the high evolutionary war pigs mm-hmm. take it over so that he can get the credit. And then eventually she meets up with star Lord gets them. And then they're able to give rocket the kill switch and bring him back to life. Now in the scene, his monitor goes dead and I'm like, it, it really could go either way. It really could, right? Were you were you oh, like totally. unsure? Yeah. And the then he's movie. in heaven and he sees Lila. And they have this moment and I start crying. Uh-huh. I start crying and I'm like, no. I, I'm just like, please don't do this. You've earned it, but please don't do it. And then to to compound that, that they they show his friends are there too. So it's like, oh, yeah. he's going he, he said he says, Can I come? And they and, say, Yeah. Well, no, they don't say yeah. They do say yes. Oh, they say yes. Yeah. And and, and then they, it cuts away for a little bit. Yeah, and then it, it cuts back, and she's like, you know, they hug, and it's very sweet, and then... Um, but she prevents him from going forward. She says, you can, but not right now. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And then he comes back to life. Yeah. And then he wakes up, and they're they're so excited. And and I'm still crying. And then they they radio Nebula... And when they told Nebula, there was something well, about her response. Voice. She heard his voice. Yeah. So by this time, Drax, Mantis, Nebula have gotten into the ship. They've discovered all these children around the yes. ship in cages yeah. um, that are just another one of his inventions. And Nebula and Drax have had this long fight where she's like, you don't take anything seriously. You are good for nothing. And, and you are an idiot. stupid. Yeah. Um, but so they- And Mantis is like, no, but he has value. He like, is stupid, but he has value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she she hears Rocket's voice, and that's and she's like, "Is that Rocket? Is he is he awake?" And I think Star Star Lord confirms, and she like gasps, which is like oh the most emotion you've seen it. out of her, yeah, because she's basically a robot. Well, and I think she has that commonality with Rocket, where they've both been experimented on. Although yeah. she says it was much worse for him when they see the video footage. Yeah. And then the, they're both these hard characters that don't want to let anyone in. Uh-huh. And so for her to have that emotion is almost more impactful than like Star-Lord. Uh-huh. Um, or even Groot, 
because you know Groot's going to be excited. Yeah. And he is excited. Yeah. Um, but but there was something about Nebula that, and it that's a thing, again, it's like a James Gunn, man. It feels like a lesser director maybe wouldn't give that moment the shot and time it deserved. Sure. And they wouldn't think to do that. But yeah. there's so many connections between those two, whether they put their arms around each other and walk into the sunset or not, it doesn't yeah. matter. And it, and it hits so hard, man. Yeah. It hits so hard. Um, so now Rocket is going to help, and they have to attack and get Drax and get Mantis back and Nebula. So they fly up there, and, um, I mean, yeah. It's a pretty long action sequence of what's happening. It's um, good, though. But- and and they do um, get Ralnick? Ra- 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 Ragnick? What's Sean? Craglin. Craglin. Um, and he, they get nowhere to yeah, come. Yeah, drives nowhere, which I don't know if I realized it was a spaceship as well. Yeah, nowhere has the, it's like a it's the head of a celestial being. I know that. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but I it's, thought it was just in a certain place in space. I didn't know that it was had been converted to a spaceship. I I can't remember if we've seen something like that in the other movies. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So Drax, Mantis, and Nebula have been captured. Um. And so, but the, they're trying to get the children to let him out, find out that Drax speaks the children's language. You yeah. know, he, he shows and he his entertains worth. and calms them down because Nebula's just yelling it's at so them. so funny, though, where he's just every time, though, he's like, hey, idiots. Okay, <laughs> yeah. morons, let's yeah, go. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. calling the kids names. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Rocket and Star-Lord and Gamora get on the ship eventually yep. through some cool space fighting. And they're getting the kids off the ship. They they get, you know, the evolutionary ship and nowhere close together so that they can jump across. Uh, throughout this, the high evolutionary is like, you know, still ordering th- certain things to happen. But all of his people around him are like not, you know, they're like questioning him and yeah. they're advising him like that is a suicide mission. We might as well just go. Yeah. To the point where one of them is going to um, like mutant mutiny you know like take over the ship yes 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 and his response is to kill everybody in that room insane crazy and i actually because they didn't they didn't have him come back for kind of a while in the movie i was like i guess i guess i was just so invested in the movie that i wasn't thinking like movie logic yeah because i was like i guess he's dead he he hasn't shown up in like five minutes (laughs) because then there's all this fight scene and battle and all that stuff um but they get all the kids across yeah and, and then and get it on, get them on to nowhere. They've like put the two ships together. Cosmo is holding it together. Yeah, the telekinetic dog. Yeah. Um, but Rocket's job isn't finished. Cried. Yeah, because the, the animals haven't been saved. Get the he F walks out of in here. and he sees. The... He walks up to the cage of raccoons. He it, he it, the camera pans to the sign on the cage. It says North American raccoon. Yeah. Because, you know, his whole thing is, I'm not a raccoon. Yeah. Oh. That was pretty... That moment was great. And then there's all these tiny raccoons, and he grabs one, and then he they all crawl on him, and he's just crying. I know. And then when he starts to walk away, I was kind of like, what about all the other animals? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then the high evolutionary comes in, and they fight a little bit. The, the All the guardians come in. They fight him. They defeat him. No, do they defeat him they peel his face off they, they do dude and it was gnarly it was gnarlier than um <laughs> it was sticky face and the dark knight rises yeah 
uh, Dark Knight. Not Rises. No, but is it Two Face? Am I blanking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Harvey Dent, Two Face. Um, but then Rocket has the opportunity to kill, and he says, "No, I'm not going to do it." And he throws the gun down, and and he'll the High Evolutionary dies by the ship like exploding, right? Oh, probably. Yeah, we don't we don't actually see him die. Yeah, but um, I'm sure knowing how James. James Gunn has made these movies and knowing his movies fairly well, I'm sure that there's no intent that like, Ooh, the high evolutionary will come back. Oh, I know. I, I didn't it's feel like, that way. He's so connected to rocket to yeah. have him come back would be to cheapen this movie. Yeah. And it would a hundred percent not be something he would have chosen. It'd be like Feige's decision yeah, or yeah. something. Um, so, uh, and, and, and you know what? I think it's a smart thing because he, he, you know, in this movie, it's pretty gruesome, and we're seeing gruesome stuff. And not only does Rocket allow mercy, but the filmmaker is also allowing the mercy that, like, we're not even going to give this guy the satisfaction of killing him on screen. Hmm. He doesn't even get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how intentional that is, but it feels like it kind of maybe is intentional because mm-hmm. I know there's no intent to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they save all the animals. Um, um, but Star Lord almost doesn't make it across because he drops a zoom. Yeah, so a he classic runs, thing he does runs to get it and is trying to get back to the other ship, but it's too and late. I was I was crying through all of this. I was like, oh, okay, so he's going. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. And I and I was thinking to myself, the Especially, only sorry. the only thing I was thinking was like he hasn't seen his grandpa yet though, and they've said that twice in this movie. I I was at this point so invested that yeah. I wasn't thinking about that, especially because they like uh, his face got swollen, I like know. because of space. Yeah, and it's like oh he is dead. Yeah, but also that's crazy that they did that. Yeah, but then Adam Warlock saves him. He gets his character. Yeah, because his mother was killed by the evolutionary yeah but he was he also could have been killed by someone i don't remember who and they don't they spare him and yeah that's right like because everyone deserves a second chance wasn't it gamora it might have been gamora or nebula i I think it was gamora because she she kind of like learns to maybe not be so ruthless by the end of this movie i think so too but i'm not sure i guess i have to watch it 10 more times okay he saves star star lord and he survives and yeah. he doesn't he like the he says to Rocket like I saved I needed to get it for you like he gives him the zoom. Oh, I don't remember. I think he does because Rocket ends up with it. Yes, he does. Um, and he's always stealing it. Right, right. Um, oh yeah, yeah. No, you you are right. You are right. Um, but yeah, that that moment I was like, oh man, you know. And and I'm just thinking like. All, all, the other thing I, I'm also thinking is like all these actors have done this for so long. It wouldn't be surprising if any of them die mm-hmm. because like they, they, they might want to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Chris Pratt's a pretty busy guy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's got probably got to make eight more Mario movies. What, you know, <laughs> what are we going to do here? And uh, I was pretty shocked that the movie ended with it saying star Lord will return yeah me too because i i thought even with him uh visiting his grandpa i was like okay that's the end of star lord and they can always use him if they need to but they don't have to like that can be the end of his story i just assume that he'll come up in a different character's movie not his own yeah probably yeah no i i didn't i mean he'll probably get dragged into the avengers movies i would imagine yeah um 
and maybe it'll be you know like the tony stark thing where it's like i'm retired i don't do this and they're like we need you yeah uh but okay so they they all lived thank goodness but gamora what it's interesting how they all hug adam warlock joins in the hug Uh which is also cute and then gamora smiles i think she smiles Mm -hmm. and she walks away Mm-hmm. And it's also showing you, like, she isn't a part of this team. This version of her isn't. No. Now, uh, I've been kind of saying it throughout the episode, but there's a point where Star-Lord is telling the High Evolutionary, yeah, you've created a perfect world where people are selling uh, meth in the streets, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of this movie, they go back to nowhere, and they get the Zune, and he gives it to Rocket, and he plays a 2000 song. He shows them like there's a new playlist on here for you, bud. And he plays it over the speakers, and then Groot starts dancing, and then everyone Wait, starts you're dancing. Skipping stuff though. Well, well, I just want to do this okay, point because okay. I, I don't okay. want to forget it. Uh, Groot starts dancing, everyone starts dancing, and that's when I put together the whole theme of this movie, which I've said several times, but which you see literally where one was a perfectly made utopia and it didn't work, and then this one is full of incomplete broken people who are all messed up and they can dance in the streets and it's a perfect utopia if the, if you're not crying just by that right now it's beautiful it's really beautiful like rebecca said you're a satan <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but what what did i skip well um gamora leaves yeah she goes back to her, the ravagers and yeah. and her and star lord have like one more moment together where you know it's basically like him letting her go and uh, letting her go, not lit- just physically, but even like in his heart, letting her yeah, go. Yeah. And I thought it was such a nice touch that they show her on the ship with her crew, with Sylvester Stallone and the other guys. Yeah. And they're all, they all love her. Yeah. And she loves them. Yeah. It's just so sweet. And it's then- a good send off for her. I mean, I, I understand what Zoe's saying by like, I don't want Gamora to just be gone now that I'm gone. Yeah. But it is like, we don't need her again like this was a great ending for her and i like to think like i i could see a world where in in the future like her and star lord do like organically reconnect yeah because he's gone on his journey you know and and they do get back together or they don't whatever Uh um that part doesn't really matter yeah clearly um but then the guardians are together at nowhere um and that's when star lord announces he's gonna go see his grandpa so yeah. he's going to leave for a while. Mantis says, I'm going to leave for a while, too. Yep. Because throughout this movie, she has you know, learned that all she does is every anything for everyone else. Yep. And she doesn't really know who she is because she also is a child of ego, Kurt Russell. Yep. And, like, doesn't know anything about herself. Which was revealed in the Christmas special. It was. But... Well, we knew that she was ego's child in the second movie, too. No. I don't think Are we you did. sure? No, because it was a plot point in the holiday special oh oh you're right i that's right i forgot yeah um but that was so sweet too because so she says that and drax is like oh i'll come with you because they're like a pair yeah um and she tells him no like she she needs to do this alone and that was so sad yeah but then nebula says but drax i need you to stay here to help me Yep. Because Nebula is now going to, well, Rocket's actually like the leader of the Guardians, but. Well, um, yeah, Rocket's like, so there's no Guardians anymore. And and then Star-Lord's like, yes, there are. It's you. There's always going to be Guardians, and you're the leader of them now. But Nebula tells Drax, I need you to help me with all these kids. Yeah. 
Like you're, I, you're not a destroyer. You're a father, and that makes me want to cry right now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it. that that hit me as especially because of his whole backstory where he lost his yes. family horrifically. Yeah, and that that point made me cry too, and and it hit me in a different way. Now knowing that I am a father, and yeah. soon we will have a child, I was like. He's a father. He's not a destroyer. <laughs> uh, yeah. A bunch of blubbering idiots. Who? Wait, who, Nebula said that to him? Uh-huh. Yeah. And to hear it from her. Yeah, because they had such a struggle Yeah. in this movie. Um, and then, yeah, and then, and then we see, like, then the, they dance and the movie ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it shows, like, a mid-credit scene where we're introduced to our new Guardians of the Galaxy. Which is Craglin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Who l- learns how to correctly use his yeah. arrow, and he uses it at in the in the climactic battle. Yeah, and he t- calls Cosmo a good dog, so even they get their tiny character yeah. arc. Um, so it's Craglin, Rocket, Nebula, Groot, and Adam Warlock, and one of the children. That's right. Yeah, and it, it, she looked older, right? Am I wrong? I don't know. Okay, maybe I'm. She was wearing a different outfit. Okay, and one of the and one of the children, and then there's also that fluffy pet thing uh-huh. that Adam Warlock has. And I looked at that group of people, and I'm like, yeah, I could do three movies with these folks. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I felt the same way. Um, you know, and and it, as far as like a zoom out, not being so invested in the story here, like creatively, I think you could make more movies with that team, and you could have a new creative person. And a new voice, and and I think it could work. The, the because big, there's enough change up. The most important part about Guardians that yeah. I think you it's got to be your foundation, no matter what you're doing, is it's found family. Yep. Every yep. time. So I think why you're feeling like I could watch far three more movies, about family than Fast and Furious. Way more. There's probably more barbecues in these three movies yeah. than in the whole series of Fast and Furious. But um, all these, all these, like you saying, you could see three movies with this ragtag group of people and part of that's because you've already seen struggles that they've gone through together against each other whatever Mm. and it's like but but they still were all brought together anyway yeah to be guardians yeah that's the foundation yeah um the the only fear is someone else writing rocket of course that's that's really the only fear but someone else wrote rocket in infinity war and endgame and he was great in mm-hmm. both of those and had a lot like his connection with Thor was really good. Mm-hmm. So it can be done. But but it, it is like this is truly the end of the Guardians. We have this new team, but a new creative person, as long as they are as visionary as James Gunn, I think could could lead it into like another beloved team mm-hmm. and another beloved set of movies. So I do kind of hope they make more, but if they don't, that's okay. Oh, yeah. Then you got three perfect movies. Yeah. Um, and then in the post post credit scene, we, well, bef- actually, before that. Yeah, we see Star Lord go home, home and see his grandpa, which is another tearjerker. Yeah, it ends with him at home. And it's um, like there's hugging and the camera's like spinning around them. And it's just so like, cry, cry, cry. And he immediately knows who it is. Yeah. He, he sees him and he's like, Peter? That that guy's reaction is so good. Yeah. And that's totally the same actor. Yep, yep, okay. it is. Yeah. Um yeah. And and then the post post credit scene, I I feel like I didn't 
Maybe, I, I don't know. I didn't quite understand the joke. <laughs> I, I think what they were saying, so they're eating breakfast. Uh, his grandpa is reading the paper, and it talks about Kevin, the, the headline. Kevin Bacon, uh, like, tells, tells all those, about alien abduction. Yeah, so that's so funny. Um, but I think they're kind of, it's just they're kind of, like, complaining. Like, he, he Star-Lord is saying something like, I, like, I'll mow your guys' lawn. I don't mind doing it. I just don't want her to stare at me while I'm doing it. Something like that. Like, yeah. I'm this, like, grown man, and I'm, like, happy to do it. He's just It's just such a, like, slice of life. Yeah. conversation and the, his grandpa's reaction is like don't even get me started oh that i don't and, think and, i heard what he yeah. said and then star lord said well now i kind of want to know okay so it's just a very slice of I life i didn't hear moment. what the because i heard the other part and yeah. i was like okay and then i didn't hear what the grandpa said and then he's like well now i want to know and i was like what i don't get it yeah okay now i get it yeah um and then it's over yeah and boy we loved it, folks. If you haven't tell? watched this movie, well, I hope you didn't listen to the spoiler section. Go watch it. Go watch it again. Um, thank you for listening. We love you guys. Um, on Patreon, we're doing Kick-Ass this month. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just so happy to have seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so great. Um, next week is X-Men Apocalypse. Are you kidding me? I believe. <laughs> So we get to go from one of the best superhero movies ever made to a different category that you can hear about next week and my opinions on that movie Mm -hmm. and Jordan's opinions as well. And then the following week, we will be talking about a movie called, is it the following week or the week after we'll be talking about a movie called Fast 10. Brother. Yeah. Yeah, the following week. So... Uh, Have fun looking forward to that. Yeah, I I think it'll be, at the very least, it'll be a fun episode. And even the people who, you know what? We're not going to talk about it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Be kind to one another and accept people. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.